Swanky. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, September 18, 2022. This is your award-winning Gibbo Nation Media Assassination, episode 1487. This is No Agenda. Listening for banjos and broadcasting live from the Deep South in Bluffton, Georgia. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's raining. Can you believe it? I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> it's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill. In the morning. So inspired. It's raining. You say. Well, it's a big deal for here. Oh, you needed rain. That's right. I forgot about that. Are you kidding? Who needed rain? Hasn't rained here for five years. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, then. when you're driving down the freeway, you got to worry about hitting one of those skulls of a dead cow. You know, I've been hearing accents similar to that, although not quite as phony for the for the last... <laughs> me. Hey, man, I can talk any way I want. I can talk phony or not phony. Uh, no, but I don't Yeah, your so. accent, that Georgia accent, well, Georgia accent is very distinctive. It's very uh, genteel compared to some of the scre- screeching accents from the further part, yes. parts of the South. Yes. Including the Texas accent. <laughs> which is a really bad one. You're really nailing it today. You just you give one oh, after yeah. another. <laughs> Where's oh, yeah. the Italian? I've been killing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be here all the week. Yeah. No, I'm actually in uh, Bluffton, Georgia. Bluffton. Have you ever heard of it? That's got barbecue. <laughs> okay. So you definitely have not heard of Bluffton. <laughs> Bluffton is maybe like 200 people live here, which 180 work and live on, uh, uh, on the White Oaks pastures. Yeah. And the other ones do the barbecue. <laughs> the other ones do the barbecue. Exactly. Uh, little travel report. Since I did have to fly to Atlanta and then drive down for three hours. Oh, fun. Yeah, actually, uh, I hadn't flown out of San Antonio in a while. Man, those guys are so badass. They are so tired of everything. TSA, just like, move through, move through. They're not even sc- uh, screening half the people. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Just, They're sick of it. Yeah, they are. Just show me your driver's license. Move through, move through. And so that's all good. Flight on time, perfect. Landed on time. Well, that would be a little different than Austin. Oh, oh please. The Gestapo from Austin. It's also San Antonio is a very small airport. You know, I think they have maybe eight gates total. Not much. Yeah, more like than the that. old Austin airport, which was a better one. Yeah, good times. Uh, so uh, I hadn't rented a car in a long time, like years and years that I haven't rented a car to drive in, and it was just completely. You've been traveling now and again. You must rent a car then. No, no, there's no need to. Wait, when I go to the Netherlands or. No, absolutely not. Netherlands, not so much. But I realized it's like, oh, I haven't rented a car in a long time. And of course, you know, we all know that, oh, you need a million dollars liability if you kill someone. I've been through all that. And what would you recommend if they try to push that on you, John? I have insurance. Yes. No, but if you kill somebody, they're going to sue you. They're really relentless. You know, I've gotten into two, I hate to say it, but I've gotten into two wrecks. <laughs> Good. So we have boots on the ground. Did you, were you screwed because you didn't take the extra insurance? I've, I'll give you the, let's see, 20, maybe three. Actually, it was three. Uh, I've had three wrecks and I've never, I don't wreck my cars and I, dare, I haven't been in an accident for 30 years. But when I rent cars... I think, well, because it's a new vehicle and I'm more careless and I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it's I've It's not wrecked, yours. Uh, How about it's not yours? 
It's not mine. So I wrecked a, So I wrecked one in Hawaii and they, I'll give you the circumstance if you want to. Yeah, no, are you kidding me? There's I've heard almost all your stories. This is completely new to me. So I'm in a minivan with the kids and family. Uh-huh. The whole, we're all in this minivan. Mm-hmm. And there's this line. Uh, I'm in the left turn lane. And there's some idiot at the top. Of, and there's like six cars uh, backed up. And, the, and the, the light's on. And this guy just won't move. He just won't move. And I'm not talking about for a minute or two. Or everyone honking, honking, honking. Well, nothing's happening. So I say, hell with it. I'm pulling out. I go into the opposite lane. And go, go screaming up the side to get to make the left. And then the idiot comes out and <laughs> hits me in the side. <laughs> classic. Classic. It was a total classic. Uh, so I turned the car in. Uh, it's, oh, 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 yeah, how did look. that happen? I didn't notice that. <laughs> His whole side of the car is just smashed. <laughs> and that's the last I ever heard of it. Huh. Last I ever heard of it. Well, that, okay, was, that, so that was 35 was, years ago. Insurance scams have changed a bit. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, but whatever the case was, I, so here's another one, my favorite one. So uh, I'm in Arizona. This one, I, I this one, I probably uh, could have done differently, but I'm in Arizona, and so I'm driving down at some speed or other, some, and I'm I don't know I reach for my phone or something. This is another reason not to carry a phone around. And and I look up and there's some idiot chick. Uh, stop dead. Ignore the guy looking fumbling for his phone but not looking yeah, at the road. Yeah, I got I, you. I am the one I feel I rear ended yeah. her, so it's my it was my fault, there's no doubt about that. Mm, okay. But what is she doing? <laughs> stop dead. <laughs> Just stop dead in the middle of the road. Uh, I can't and believe those people. Yeah, horrible. So she stopped dead. And so I and so I'm in this Nissan, and which has always made me wonder about whether these things are any good. Because if I know for a fact that if I was in any of my if Lexus, any Lexus, any Toyota, for a matter of it, if I'd have hit the brakes, I would have stopped. Mm. Now I hit the brakes. <laughs> I had time to stop because I've seen these been in situations. Right? Wh- what was this no, vehicle? The what, car what kind- did not stop. It just slid right into her at high speeds and banged into it and, and took and lifted up the, the, the hood of the car and shoved it toward the window. What kind of car and was so, this? It was a Nissan. It was a <laughs> Nissan. Uh, so I can't so Lexus, it. Toyota, yes. Nissan, no. That's the way I see it. Because hmm. this thing, they couldn't stop at all. It just wouldn't stop. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and so then the, th- the, the thing slides up and the, the front end is ruined and the... Uh, the airbag never went off. It should have since it wrecked the car. Oh, man. No, no, the airbag didn't go off. So All right. I, so I go up. We change information. Wait, wait. So, this girl, so, so, you drop, so you drop the car off and you say, man, I, I didn't notice that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, when we change information, I pushed down the hood so it was still, uh, it was fine. I could drive around the, the hood. A little bit of string. So I, yes, and I had to drop the car off. So I dropped the car off like that. <laughs> and... uh uh, that was the last I heard of it. Ah, man, that's unbelievable. Well, I wasn't going to... Well, I did, I did hear from the police because I got it for hitting this woman and it, and that was had to be... Res- that had to be resolved by insurance, but that was right. just to fix her car. 
No, nothing happened. Wow. I, I doubt that. I think it was a complete scam. And I've never signed those little extras. This seems like a joke. Well, so now they add, I, I was just looking at the, because I know what I what I booked it for. I know that you're going to have 10 or 12% sales tax. I got that. But listen to the stuff they put in now, which is baked in, which is not negotiable. Concession recovery fee, <laughs> which is, check it out. Is is the rental car company? They they charge you to recoup the amount the airport charges to offer these services there. Eleven percent, eleven percent. So now I'm already well over twenty. Vehicle license recovery fee. So I'm paying for the for temporarily renting the license to this car. Um, tire and battery recovery. Oh my. <laughs> It's the, the tack on a percent for the disposal of tires and batteries. I mean, come on. This is such a scam. It's unbelievable. Yes, and it, it takes a car that's maybe $35 a day and jacks up to 60 Oh, Oh, easily, easily. Anyway, so uh, two and, like uh, almost three hours down to Bluffton, Georgia. This is um, uh, a ranch, third generation, run by... Will Harris and the Harris family, and again, the 180 people who live and work here. Uh, and I really didn't know much about this. In fact, and, you know, I said to Tina, hey, you want to come along and, uh, uh, and go to this, uh, this beef initiative thing? She's like, you know, like me, I guess she thought, yeah, Adam and Slim is going to be, you know, people sit sleeping in tents or log cabins. She's like, no, I'm going to skip this one. This place is outrageous it's white oak pastures and they you can come here and visit i think they have 10 homes uh uh but this is as i said third generation for the past 20 years has been complete regenerative and i wouldn't have known much about will harris he's very famous in the ranching uh, world but he was uh just recently invited to go on joe rogan which is coming up after russell brand did this complete takedown of fox uh, business news and Stuart varney who were trying to interview will uh, about Bill Gates, you know, Bill Gates. So the idea was Bill Gates, the largest farm owner. Uh, let's get this, uh, let's get this guy from the South kind of talking like you were, let's get him on and say, yeah, Bill Gates is the devil. And that went completely. What was that? Uh, Go on. (laughs) And that went completely. You want to hear a little bit of that? I mean, it's just, it's like a long piece, but you can hear Russell Brand and you can see exactly why this guy is so interesting and why Joe Rogan invited him. Want to hear it? Uh, sure. You have objections to Gates owning this land. One of your objections is you say, they don't know how to use it. How do you know that? Uh, good, good question. And uh, thank you for having me on, by the way, Mr. Barney. Firstly, courteous and acknowledging the question. Hold on a minute, Will Harris. Why won't you conform to my stereotypes? <laughs> but yeah, I meant every word I said about Bill Gates' acquisition of farmland, and I stand by it today. I'm, I'm wholly unapologetic, but at the same time, I do regret that my comments were construed as criticism of Gates personally. <laughs> well, this is the world's best diplomat. Brilliant, isn't it, that we have to continually challenge our preconceptions. Immediately, I hear, oh, there's a farmer from the Deep South going to be on the news. All my prejudices come a-rolling in, but it turns out he's like some sort of Chomskyan, linguist, culturally, critically adept genius. My criticism is his brand of misapplied technology. It reminds you. You get the idea. The guy's, of course, very smart. 
works with PhDs uh, here on the farm. They really know what they're doing. And, you know, but that's not the message that Varney wanted to hear. So that went viral and people really loved it. It was a great takedown. So now I know who the guy is. And uh, there was this beef initiative conference, you know, Texas Slim, the guy uh, who sent you the the Flintstone ribeye, the tomahawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the idea is to, uh, you know, for ranchers to learn about how they, ranchers don't sell directly to consumers. It's all, you know, it's all through the, the main four processors. You know, this is completely, they don't understand how to sell online. And so that's kind of the bringing it together. So long story short, about a hundred, little over a hundred people, ranchers, Bitcoiners, anarchists, but a lot of doctors, lawyers, insurance experts, homeschoolers, of course, podcasters. More than 60% listens to No Agenda. I was kind of blown away by that because this was not a No Agenda meetup. Um, and just a couple of quick things I learned from the insurance expert. So he started talking about the, the, the processing plants catching fire and that, you know, it was an extraordinary amount. We've discussed it. You know, planes crashing into, into plants, et cetera. And so he said, you heard about that? Yes, I heard about it. But from what I understand, you know, there's a reasonable amount of fires that started processing plants. Is it really outrageous? And he's in this business. He says, oh, let me tell you. A processing plant does not burn to the ground. That fire is out within 20 or 30 minutes. It's part of the insurance requirement to have suppressants, you know, uh, regular training, fire within, you know, fire squad safety within X amount of response time. He says, what's happening here is they're letting it burn to the ground. They're taking a big check and they're rebuilding, but their processing plants are rebuilding for soy, <laughs> bugs, and, uh, and other plant-based stuff. Well, that's interesting. I thought it was very interesting. He had one other thing not related to uh, to food. Uh, he gave me the number that every child who goes through the transgender process, do you know what that is? Uh, that amount is worth to the medical and pharmaceutical um, community in insurance? No, it's got to be huge. Want to take a guess? 100 grand? 7 million. Seven million a person per person. Well, that needs to be documented. <laughs> well, this is what I love about it. It's insurance. You know, we know about excess deaths from insurance. You can't. You kind of can't fight those numbers. Well, I'd like to see the seven million documented. Oh, I mean, yeah. Saying it is one thing. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, uh, I will ask for documentation. I oh, I'd like documentation because I can write it up. I know. I know. Anyway, uh, other reports for you. Oh, what I did here well, is people are just being used. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. What? Way, and what? Since we're on, <laughs> while mentioning me? that topic, we do have to mention that guy up in Canada, who my wife and I have both concluded is a professional comedian at some level, and is pulling the biggest stunt you could possibly do. And I'm talking about the guy who's de- the shop teacher who's decided to oh to uh, wear the huge fake prosthetic boobs to to, <laughs> to transition and wear these phony baloney boobs that are the size of trucks. <laughs> well, he's showing kids how to use the circular saw. <laughs> I mean, this has got to be a hoax or what? I mean, this is crazy. No, we we've no, it's not because the guy's a re- genuine teacher. He's at the school. They can't do anything about it. 
he's making a mockery of of the Canadian uh, uh, school system because he's taken it to the to the end. This is our theory. We don't know. I mean, he can't be serious. And he's got these huge phony boobs that are the size of of, of trucks with protruding that nipples. Are, and, with the phony baloney nipples, which would make it even more outrageous looking, and and this is, and they can't do anything about it. And the guy is just taking; he's just doing this as a, as a massive gag, gag or psyop. It's fantastic. Well, well, psyop to accomplish what? The uh, to normalize it's, it's it. A fabulous to- bit. That's the way we see it. We see it as a. That's a good. Bit. And the Canadians are very funny as a as a as a culture. They they produce a lot of comedians and comics and guys like this, which would be no surprise mm-hmm. that some Canadian would would pull this off before an American did. That's pretty funny. We got that note from one of our producers. Uh, it's a very long donation note, which we won't read in its entirety, but he and his family escaped from Canada. And he, he tells they left the country. On two Cessna, like 182 flights, or I don't know if there was a caravan. Uh, you know, they, they're living in a bus and they've been traveling through the States. And, and, but he's a, an actual escapee, if you read what they had to go through to get out. Yes, and they only had a small window to do it. Yeah, it's like 12 hours and bad weather and flying in small Cessnas. Man. Yeah, they had a little, there was a, it was, had to do with the vaccine mandates back and forth to get across the border. And he uh, uh, and his family, five kids, they, they got out and they're now traveling around uh, and going to no agenda meetup, surprisingly, yeah, yeah, and having been a great a time. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of, just to wrap this up, um, a lot of people who listened to the show came up to me and said, and I just want to share it with you. They said, you know, thank you because during COVID, uh, I, the the show just let me know that I wasn't the only crazy one. I said, yeah, you're absolutely crazy, but you know, at least there's a whole bunch of us. And a number of people, you know, you and me talking about beef and uh, they heard about Slim and they've gone from 20 years of IBS and all kinds of problems and they, they stopped eating shit. And now they're eating, uh, you know, anim- good animal protein and all their problems are almost gone. I mean, people who couldn't even hold down a job. So... I think that was also mentioned in this guy's letter from Canada. His wife was having these health issues, and when she went to eating quality, oh, meat. that's right, yeah, that's right. Now you've you've never eaten shit. I mean, I don't. You have you always cooked? Or, I mean, you just don't eat shit ever, except for your your once that's a month. That's your third McDonald's. time. That's your third. That's your My max third shit? shit. Okay, for today. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Pay attention now. Yeah, I am gonna because <laughs> you you have this ability to do this, and I've always been stunned by it. I have reached my um, quota. I got you. I have been cooking uh, at, I, I consider, a high-quality level uh, since college, so it's a long time. Well, I have a gift for but you. I have a, I have a jack-in-the-box burger once in a while. I mean, A jack-in-the-box? Uh, I, I thought it was uh, McDonald's, or was it Burger King or McDonald's? No, no. Those, I, mean, I, 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 I do the McDonald's test about once every six. I can't right. eat a whole McDonald's. I said this on the show no, I, again horrible. and again. I can't eat... And enti- I can't eat a Big Mac anymore. Of course not. They are such crap that you can take maybe a bite or two. Dog gets the dog. The dog won't eat just, it. <laughs> oh, go to big, go to McDonald's and try again. Try try again. The dog, no, the dogs will eat it. Believe me. <laughs> not for long. Don't feed them to to them too much. But I do have a gift that I'm I'm going to be sending to you. It's Banner Butter. It is um, butter made from raw milk, and there's one with herbs and another one with chocolate with cocoa. 
<laughs> it, I mean, you could put some yeah. fr- French writing on the on the herb uh, butter and just call it fromage. You'll love it. Yeah. You'll love it. Okay, well, make sure it stays cold. Of course. You like raw milk. <laughs> I know you I do. do like raw milk. I know you like raw milk. Anyway, so- I like the raw milk. You know, it's better. It's what, what comes out of the cow. It doesn't. It's not going to kill you. Now boiling the damn th- stuff. Just boil it to death. Terrible. There you, there you go. Keep it up. <laughs> your, your accent is doing it. All right. So, uh, so the I have been following well, I'm a little glad bit. You had a good time. Yeah. Well, I'm still here. I don't. I can't leave. I Let's leave tomorrow. Let's get me documentation for the seven million dollars per. You got it. That is disgusting, if true. But it, it, I I actually can believe it. But I I. I need to, I need it in writing. Okay. I'll see what I can do. All right. I got a lot of different things here. I think this, um, I think it's significant what we're hearing about Russia and Putin losing. Wait, before we go to there, let's get the queen out of the way. Cause I'm getting more interested <laughs> again, in this as time goes by. Again, get the queen out of the way again. Um, there's going to be 500. Now, we have to step back and consider that the Queen supposedly, and we we talked about this on the show, that it's she presents herself, and that monarchy in England presents itself as a symbolic a piece of nonsense that is useless. But if that's the case, and we, of course, believe that that's not the case, we believe, or I do, and I think you you're the ones that you're the one that convinced me of it that it's more than symbolic. There's actual power there mm-hmm. that is not brought to the fore. Sure, I, we agree. And uh, and it has to be the case that has to be true. If 500 <laughs> dignitaries, Biden, every the the Emperor of Japan, the Japanese Prime Minister, everybody in the world is going to this funeral. Which sounds like a nightmare, if you ask me. Yeah. Although it's a good place to meet your, you know, fellow elites <laughs> to mingle, uh, catch up on the latest mingle. rituals, <laughs> <laughs> to mingle, swap uh, adrenochrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was. I'm just stunned by that, but I do have two clips that kind of that doesn't discuss the like the security concerns and all the rest of it. But I do have a couple of clips that are, I think, on here. I do have Queen, Queen, a tribute to NPR. King Charles and his son, Prince William, made a surprise visit this morning to the miles-long line of mourners waiting to pay respects to Queen Elizabeth in Britain's Parliament building. And here's Frank Langford has more. The crowd cheered the king as he arrived to shake hands and exchange pleasantries with mourners, some of whom had begun lining up in the cold just after midnight. Prince William asked people in heavy coats if they'd been able to stay warm overnight and apologized for the long wait. While this is officially a time of national mourning for the Queen, it's also been an opportunity for the new king to travel around the country and shore up support for his reign. The Queen was enormously popular, even more so than the monarchy itself. A YouGov poll earlier this year found that 75% of Britons had a positive view of her, while only 42% viewed her son similarly. I love these polls. How much do you I love, love him? That, yeah. How much do you love him? Do you love him? <laughs> Please tell me you love him. I got, by the way, I got some feedback from Tom about Sarah from the UK. Her note, he says, your note from Sarah about the UK is complete rubbish. Not so you know he's a, he's a Brit. Uh, the first people to go and see the Queen yes. were POC, which I think stands for People of Color. 
also known as colored people. <laughs> POC. Look at the video stream. Every fifth person is a minority. Okay. I don't know which is true. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, that's a good a little uh, clarification. We, we love them. Of course. Okay, part two of this clip. Oh, sorry. Hold on a second. Part two. I just lost. Oh, yeah. Queen tribute. And President Biden is heading to London to attend the funeral on Monday. Oh, he is. But before he left, he spoke yesterday with the families of two high-profile Americans who are detained in Moscow. And Pierce Amy Held has more. In separate meetings, now, President on. Biden stop, told stop the family. Clip. Stop. <laughs> that okay, was, I want that, you to start was the clip crazy. over. Uh-huh. This is NPR has been doing this a lot. They and I don't know what the point of it is, or if it's a, if it's like part of a, it's, of it's a, a format, psychological it's a format weapon. change. It's a format change. I I I had not heard this either. Explain. Well, I've I've heard it before, and I've discussed it on the show before because mm-hmm. I've mentioned it. I've seen it used by others. Uh, I, one of the networks does it a lot. I think it's NBC. Um, they start talking about topic one. And then they segue, normally the way these stories are presented is story, stop, story, stop, story, stop, story. And and they're one after another. But of late, they take specific stories, not every story, but specific stories that get you into a frame of mind. This is like sales, you know, or or the the idea of you get somebody kind of, you know, a lot of salespeople try to get you to ask you stupid questions to get you to say yes all the time. <laughs> Don't you think that such and say yes? Don't you think yes, 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 yes? Buy this, yes. Uh, it's it's a trick. Mm-hmm. And so I'm listening to this thinking it's some sort of trick they're trying to pull. And they start talking about the queen and this and that. And then they switch over completely to Biden and to Biden and then and then to the 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 uh, hostages, hostages, the, the arrestees <laughs> that the Russians arrested for probably pretty good reason. And then uh, I, it's just beyond me. And then a lot of, you'll see a lot of these are done the same way. And it's just to somehow blame Trump. Think, uh, it's, it's just baffling. But then let's well, start this over and, let me and just, hear how this let me is give, done. Give me my opinion. I think this is what we would call an urgency arc. So it's, it's, a, it's a new... New, I don't know how long it's been used, but it's a variation of, you know, Fox News does this. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sean Hannity. Oh, what? Breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah, Sean Hannity is breaking news at the beginning of each yeah. show. Yeah. So I think it's similar to this, only they're actually breaking into one story. And you're right. It may, it would have to be somehow, the stories have to be, I agree with you on the psychological effect, but it's meant to jar you into listening to something else and, and keeping listening, I presume. Ugh, yes, and some radio, some radio guy came up with it. Trust me. And President Biden is heading to London to attend the funeral. No, no, on start Monday. from the beginning so you can see the transition. That is short. Be- that is the beginning. Oh no, I'm sorry, I, I got mixed up. Yeah, you're right. I thought he was going to talk about Biden and or she was going to who's a racist, by the way. He's going to talk about Biden and the uh, Russians. Go on. And President Biden is heading to London to attend the funeral on Monday. But before he left, he spoke yesterday with the families of two high-profile Americans who are detained in Moscow. And Pierce Amy Held has more. In separate meetings, President Biden told the families of Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner he's working through, quote, all available avenues to bring them back home. The administration maintains both are wrongfully detained. It won't comment on reports of a prisoner swap, but White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says negotiations are ongoing. We have made a serious offer um, to get 
Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan back home. The Russians have not responded to that offer. Whelan, a former Marine, has been imprisoned for nearly four years on espionage charges. Griner, a basketball superstar, was taken in February on drug charges. Her wife, Sherelle Griner, released a statement after meeting with Biden, calling the past seven months grueling and asking for unity. Sounds so weak when Kirby says, well, we offered it to them, but, you know, they haven't responded. Sounds kind of needy. Kirby is, uh, Kirby was, was called out. You know, my theory is that Kirby's the one who's setting himself up to take over the job of, um, Kareem Abdul. Well, it's not going to take much longer. She's so on the ropes. They're hanging her out to dry. She's so nervous. She's saying she's messing everything up. She's the meme du jour. He's letting her suffer. He was, uh, I don't think I have clips of this, which I thought I did. I do, ha- um, I do have a quick 16-second clip about the Queen. It, because there is, oh, okay. there is. No, I was thinking about the, I had, I put them aside too, I didn't have, but I, let me just say that Kirby came out and did a briefing at the, at the, at the White House briefing room mm-hmm. about security things, and somebody called him out, some, some black guy, uh, African voice, Called him out for trying to take over her job. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, really? And and so he, the guy, I, I, I can explain it without having to clip it, but the guy goes and he says, you know, you've been up here and you're here and, uh, you know, it seems as though uh, that she's doing a lousy job and you want to take her job. And he says, no, this is not anything but the truth. All I do is talk about uh security national security issues that's all i talk about when i'm up here i don't talk about anything else and she invites me to come up here and she's doing a great job and uh, then she came out and uh, later and she botched some stupid Fumbled thing around she was terrible she's terrible they they're gonna get rid but of her i'm it's, sure of but it. it's terrible that the the press corps itself is propagating this i mean everybody knows she why she was hired it, it was the job was advertised as such all the jobs yeah. in the Biden administration are advertised as such. And so then, you know, okay, sometimes that, that backfires. But let's, let's get it away from race, you dipshits. All right, here's That's the, what I think. Yeah, here's the Queen uh, little update. And President Biden is expected to attend, as are the leaders of China, France, and Canada. World leaders are being asked not to use their own state cars to attend the funeral and instead ride government buses. But a government official tells ABC News that will not apply to President Biden. Ah. Guys. Oh, man. I wanted to see him and Jill on the bus bouncing around. I don't think it's going to apply to a lot of them. I don't. I think they're going to re- reverse They're going to have 500 dignitaries in buses? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. They're going to look like Comdex. <laughs> they said they all need lanyards, too. Lanyards and a, and a tote bag. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, it's of course... It's humiliating. I mean, any foreign dignitary... Especially now that Biden's broken the ice and he says, oh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to be in the beast. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to spend, you know, $100,000 in taxpayers' money to ship <laughs> over the beast. So they have a, a lanyard, a tote bag, and a fanny pack <laughs> over yeah. your uniform. It looked great. So this, in my opinion, is, is all part of the Great Reset. We have uh, the Pope on deck. And did you hear that uh, uh, Khamenei... Uh, is apparently ill, gravely ill, uh, from uh, Iran. I think you know that would be good to have a a, a switch in Iran. 
and uh, and also guys Don, live pretty long. Yeah, and Don Lemon uh, is kicked off of primetime. If that doesn't signal yeah. the well, great reset, we predicted <laughs> nothing does. He's gonna do great a morning. He's gonna do a morning show. Yeah, with two women. Oh man, which and, makes it even funnier. He must hate that because he he takes himself so seriously. Because he's a gay guy who hates women, and he takes about that. He takes himself so uh, he well, takes himself he as takes a, himself so seriously. Yeah, so now he has to do kind of like a. a I wonder if he's going to try and be the serious news guy uh, amongst the the bubbly women. Is that is that what the no, idea is? Not, no, those morning no. shows can't do that. I mean, the last show that I think was kind of modeled that way and they've changed the modeling of all the morning shows and the networks was the today show that had uh, the regular group of people yucking it up. And then they had the news reader and they'd always throw it to her and she'd go, she'd read serious news and segments. I have not seen that for a long time, right. not, not in the old format that they used to have. I think they've given up on that and everyone's got to be jocular. Jocular, serious, you know, because uh, orange man, bad. Um, we were both right uh, about the president and the train strike, although you were more right than I was. And right on cue, the CIA broadcasting systems with Scott Pelley did, did an interview with the president to spike the ball. President, you have just averted a nationwide railroad strike that would have been crippling <laughs> to the economy. How did you do that? And... What were those last hours like in the negotiations? Oh man, how did you do that? You are you are truly the best president. You know what's funny about this report is that if you listen to NPR, I don't know if I have any, I don't probably have any clips of this either. But if you listen to NPR, it was definitely the labor secretary or one of the other White House people that had that was primary to the negotiations, and, and Biden didn't even step foot in the thing. So this is bull crap right from the get-go. Of course. He even gives it away that he wasn't... He, Pelly kind of sets it up, and the illusion with all the previous reporting is that Biden was up until 5 a.m. Uh, working on the negotiation. But the reality is they came in that morning and said, hey, we're done. Okay, cool. I'll announce it. That's basically it. But here's his response. Well, look. Well, look. look. We brought business and labor together. One of the things that happens... In negotiations, particularly if they've been elongated like these have, is people say and do things where they, their pride gets engaged as well. And it's awful hard to back off of some of these things. So what we did was just say, look, let's take a look. Let's take a look at what's happening. You have a good deal being made for labor. Their, their, their income is going to go up 24% over the next five years. They've worked out the, the health care piece. They worked out days off. They both sat down, in my view, and they were in the office today saying, well, we finally figured out this is fair on both sides. And it took that time to focus. Focus. And, and the alternative was just not thinkable. What do you mean? If, in fact, they had gone on strike, the supply chains in this country would have come to a screeching halt. We would have seen a real economic crisis. So the problem I have with this is uh, this didn't get any legs. They didn't position it properly. This is about all I saw. Oh, yeah. Great, Mr. President. Where, where was the big headlines? Biden saves America. Well, you're right. They didn't position it right at all. And I think Biden was caught flat footed. And so was his entire staff of. You know, uh, people that don't know what they're doing. Mm. 
And it was just, and, it, and I think that it should have gone to the, you right to the edge, because that's what makes it more dramatic. It kind of ended. I think that the unions caved. I don't think this 24% over five years is a good deal. You have a 10% uh, inflation rate over 10 years compounded. That's 50, at least 50%, all, if not, you know. Oh, yeah. But, 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 but way too much. He did have that. So they're getting half as much money as they used to get. And then all these deals about, you know, the get going to the doctor and all the fired. rest of it. You still get fired. That you, didn't change. Are you sure? Because Biden said, we also fixed the health care problem is what he said. I don't know if that implied that. I think that means they got better health care, but that doesn't mean you can take time off to go to the doctor. I wonder. I, I heard that on NPR they had the labor, the guy that was the head of the Railroad Engineers Union, whichever one that is. There's two of these unions that were involved in this, and I think maybe a third. And he said, yeah, we didn't get this, we didn't get that, but it was a good thing we got, you know, we had to get this, This we had to do something. Uh, I think they, they did a shitty job, personally. As, as an ex-union organizer, well, I can say that. But that's why we kind of said, like, this is probably just some bull crap. This is just marketing. And, the, and, and that's exactly what it was. But I don't understand how they could take something because where was the, the pre-analysis? We're the only ones that said, hey, man, this could be really bad. You didn't really hear that. They just didn't play it up. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is an inside group trying to make Biden and the unions trying to make I mean, something look that, good. I, I think it's, well, maybe it's that. It's the, the newspapers don't want to deal with it. Let's put it through. This, it didn't uh, have the, the typical. Union, the whole union movement has been pushed to the side anyway. And it doesn't want to be, you don't want to emphasize that these guys can get their way unless they're sports athletes making millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> well, there's that. Those guys. Yeah. Let's just play that up. Well, this didn't have the typical Obama Valerie Jarrett flair, you know. They're better than Yeah, this. which is a surprise since Valerie Jarrett's in the yeah, White yeah, House. Yeah. She's in all kinds of committees again and stuff. <laughs> They're uncloaking. You got more Biden stuff? I'm sure you do. I have a bunch of Biden stuff because he gave a they jacked him up for a speech. Yeah, I, I didn't see that. He so get, I'm excited. I want to Oh hear my it. God, this speech. <laughs> they jacked him up. Where they, was no, it? No, I'm talking about jacked him up. He uh-huh. was like jacked. And he was yakking away like a ma- madman. He was fumbling and bumbling, but it wasn't the kind of slow, dull-witted bumbling and fumbling. It was just, it was fast-talking bumbling and fumbling. Hmm. And he was yakking and yakking. They, they gave him exactly 16 minutes for this stuff, whatever they gave him wore off. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> you timed seriously. it. You timed it. Excellent. Yeah, it was 16 minutes of talking. And so he went, just went nuts. I call it jacked up. Here's a good example. This is Biden jacked up speech one. Please have a seat if you have one. Hello, hello, hello. Whoa, 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 whoa. About a year and a half ago, where there was a large crowd, large crowd, large crowd like this, where they're outside. I thought they had chairs. Said, have a seat. And the press said Biden was so stupid, he didn't even know they didn't have any chairs. But I'm glad you have some chairs. Albio, uh, a Cuban born, came to the United States at age 11, served 16 years in Congress. And, and, you know, the idea is that, uh, you know, Lucille, house icon of three decades, grandmother of the DREAM Act, you know, Congress is going to miss you both. Chair of the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Javier Becerra, in the honor of tonight's American Dream Medallion. All of you here tonight embody the same theme, root in the strength wow. and of achieving our dreams. Oh, man. 
Yeah, he is kind he, of jacked. That's interesting. He's flying high. Yeah. I have three of these clips, and then I have the thing that where he started. Well, actually, we can skip to the beginning. At the very beginning, when they brought him out on stage, he he decides in his dr- kind of drugged up stupor to sing Happy Birthday to Nanette, this uh, Hispanic woman who's going on and on about how great Biden is and how Democrats all suck. And uh, so this is Biden's happy birthday uh, to her. This happens to be uh, Nanette's birthday. It's so when you turn 25, but, you know, we have a tradition of the Biden family. We sing happy birthday. So let's go. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Nanette. Happy birthday to you. God love you, kiddo. Man, that's cool. Uh, Where was this again? He calls her Danette, by the way, when he's singing. He doesn't know what he's doing. Where was this? What was the, where was, what was the occasion? It was a Latin, it was like the Congressional uh, Latin uh, America, or Hispanic caucus mixed with some other group, some other group. I believe it was was in Washington, D.C. It was in Virginia. It was someplace uh, near the White House. And it was a a meeting of all these uh, Latin X people. Latinx. 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 (laughs) So, and and they were all, you know, Jack. Anyway, let's go back to Biden jacked up speech. He's in a role here. This is jacked up speech too. That law of funding close to raise, close the close the racial gap. Oh yeah, Secretary Cardona. Woo-hoo. He'll tell you how it helped to safely reopen our schools in absolute necessity, mm-hmm. including twenty eight percent of public school students who are Latino. Twenty eight percent. You're all going to own the country, man. We better darn well make sure they have every pro- opportunity they have. Not a joke. <laughs> So he's just like this is a different kind of stumbling. This is his jacked up stumbling. He's 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 going too fast for his mouth at times here. He's going way too fast for himself and he's just he starts to say one word and then stops and says another but he doesn't back up. That's the thing that's interesting. He doesn't ponder anything. He just keeps plowing ahead. Here's Forward, part yeah. three of this. During the Detroit, get Detroit back on track and during the Great Recession, and while I was vice president, he helped lead our efforts in Puerto Rico as well. We are committed. We're committed. Together we passed once in a generation infrastructure law to mobilize Americans' roads, bridges, ports, airports. It's going to replace poisonous lead pipes. So every child in America, specifically, specifically those in Hispanic communities, which are most often affected, can turn on a faucet at home or school and drink clean water, for God's sake. Uh, impressive speed for that age. Very impressive. He's, he's blowing through it. I mean, this sounds Adderall. This sounds... Methy, cokey, really? Would you say I think it was a, cokey smoke? Yeah, yeah, kind of. And they at least know to get him off in sixteen minutes, uh, even though he's still flubbing away. But at least he's got spirit. Yeah. The, the, but so I had these short little snippets which I picked up. Okay. And uh, it, to ask you what he's trying to say here, these are all <laughs> like five six seconds. Okay. I mean, there's one. Let's start with the two second one. This is the where Biden says biggest liggest. <laughs> the biggest, biggest job on dropping unemployment. Ooh, yeah. Those nasty L's. Ligus, bliggus. The ligus, biggest. Ligus, bliggus. Yeah, it's hard. Here's, here's something about the deficit. 
We're going to be able to do all this while reducing the, reducing the deficit by... <laughs> reducing the deficit. <laughs> Restooping. Restooping. Oh, man. That's worth playing again because I got a kick out of it. Yeah. You got, wait, you got more? No, I was going to tell you to play that one again. Oh, the, the deficit, the deficit? I'm sorry. We're going to be able to do all this while reducing the, reducing the deficit by... Reducing the deficit. <laughs> okay, here's another one. I only a couple more. This one's drugs, gugs. Their, their costs are, no matter what, no matter whether they have drug uh, for... Uh, I didn't hear the gugs. Hold on. Their, their costs are, no matter what, no matter whether they have drug uh, for... Uh, Nah, okay, well, not, as I, funny. I, not as poorly funny. clipped. Yeah. All right, here's the last one. This is uh, well, actually I got I got to have one second one too. But let's go to this one. This is jacked about drugs. He's all jacked. Oh, hold on a second. Jacked about drugs. Mm. For too long, we paid a higher price for restriction drugs than any nation in the world. Restriction drugs. It's a new. It's a new thing. It's restriction, restriction drugs. drugs. <laughs> and the la- I guess the last one is Secretary Who. And with Secretary Marks's leadership, give him run right I think he says Richard okay, Marks. I, okay, Richard I, I, Marks. this is a challenge for you. What? It, what it, who? Who is he talking about? Okay, hold on. And with Secretary Marks's leadership, Secretary Richard Marks. Hold on. <laughs> and with Secretary no, Marks, I'm just kidding. Let me listen. And with Secretary Marks's leadership, Hummer Marks. Hummer uh, Mallorca. Is he trying to say Mallorcas? And with Secretary Marks's leadership, yes, yes, he is. Yes, yes, that's it. yes. And with Secretary Marks's leadership, wow. You know what the sad <laughs> thing is? That's our president. This is our vice president. I do believe that we <laughs> should have rightly believed, but we certainly believe that certain issues are just settled. Certain issues are just settled. Clearly, we're not. No, that's right, and that's why I do believe that we are living, sadly, in um, real unsettled. Oh, baby. We are so screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. She's out of control. I do believe. I do believe. Yeah, it's pretty insane. (laughs) My goodness. Yeah, you got to love it. Welcome to the United States of America. Yeah, indeed. Um, so the other thing that just will not go away is this, and, and wow, this is going to, this shipping of migrants to Democrat run cities, Martha's Vineyard, um, to Washington, DC. I mean, but, but, but the way this is being played is the, the media is at all in, except for, you know, a, a couple of the obvious ones, they're really pushing this. You know, the Republicans are horrible, horrible, horrible people for abusing these mig and they keep saying migrants instead of illegal immigrants, because you know, let's be honest what this is. And 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 and, and they just um here, this is a good example. And I was really shocked by this. Ken Burns, a famous doctor, do you know that he's a massive libtard? Hello? Hello. I didn't know that. I mean, what, what did you think he was? He's been working for nobody but in, but public broadcasting all his life. He's never done anything commercially. 
Right, but you know, typically he's doing you know documentaries, and it's about you know uh, historic like Vietnam and stuff. Oh, uh, you can, if you know any of his documentaries, like his thing on jazz and some of the other things he's done, have always had a slant to him. You could spot it. That, I, he's maybe baseball or the national parks or things like that. He's he look at you can not find it, but mostly it's always been in there. Well, uh, he but was. But yes, they listen to him. I know what you're going to do. Because I did listen to him more recently where he's felt the need to be more outspoken. He comes off as a ridiculous uh, progressive. All of your documentaries are about history. Yeah. But all of them also make you think about where we are now. And we woke up to the news this morning that Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida sent two plane loads of migrants uh, to Martha's Vineyard off the coast of Massachusetts, including kids and whatnot. And I'm not saying this is not a one-for-one. One. This is not a parallel here in any way. But it does address some of the same themes that are part of this documentary. Well, it's the abstraction of human life. <laughs> it's basically saying that you can use a human life that is as valuable as yours or mine or Lynn's and to put it in a position of becoming a political pawn in somebody's authoritarian game. This is the uh, coming straight out of the authoritarian playbook. This is what's so uh, disturbing about I mean, it's, it's, so I listen to this and there's more to it. And I was like, do you not see that, that these people are already being used as political pawns continuously? That's, that's what baffles me. I mean, these people have no idea what's going on. None. They don't understand. There are border towns that are doubling in size regularly, tripling in size because of migrants. It's really interesting that this block, this mental block is, is in the elite's way. I, I love this. This mental block is fascinating. I mean, How do you get it? How do you keep it? And how do you maintain it? You have to maintain it if you read Jacques Ellul's book, Propaganda, uh, is, which I recommend to everybody. Uh, not, not only for what it has to say, but also its structure. Uh, he make, maintains that propaganda cannot work except in an enclosed environment. In other words, you have to be cut off from uh, from input that would maybe disturb the propaganda. Oh. And I think the separation of the, the, what we have, you know, with the progressive only listening to mm-hmm. MSNBC mm-hmm. and, the, and mm-hmm. the other guys only listening to Fox, they create their own within a society. This is what's really pathetic. And I blame the, the mainstream media for this because they've taken sides instead of tr- doing what they've always claimed to do. We're going to be neutral observers and we're going to present the news. Mm-hmm. They stopped doing that. Uh, before Trump, actually, they stopped doing it. That's what uh, it actually brought around Trump. Trump wouldn't have existed as with, president. Without, yes, correct. It, without this situation already occurring. That's what Fox stumbled onto. And they figured, hey, there's a whole group that's not being served. And it, and they created a little bubble for them. And that's what's going on. And these and guys like this who don't listen to anything but their own within their own circle – and it reminds me, I think it was during the George Bush administration where somebody on one of these stations, they were observing this already in play. And this was years ago. I think maybe it started during Reagan. But it, it, they said they were ha- at a cocktail party and one of them says, this, this election must be rigged. George Bush can't be president. He says, well, why not? He says, I don't know one person. I don't know a single person that voted for him. <laughs> exactly. Well, so just add to that, besides the abundance of leftist 
mainstream media, whatever is is left and still watched, it's dwindling. But online, of course, you know, we know that it's it's obviously skewed, and we know what gets taken down and what gets deplatformed. So yeah, it's the same with the vaccines. That's why these people are still like, get a booster. You got to get your bivalent booster. You know, it's it's insane. Um, but anyway, we continue with this because it. Yeah, you know, we have to really take it as far as we can. Uh, disturbing about DeSantis is to use human beings, to weaponize human beings for a political purpose. It's like when somebody disagrees with him in Florida, like the Walt Disney Company, he punishes them. This is not the actions of a person participating in a democratic process in which there's an exchange of ideas. This is about punishing political enemies, putting on uh, shows, political shows, political theater. And in this case, this is with the lives of human beings. And what's so ironic is these are Venezuelan refugees, which DeSantis should be supporting because they're trying to flee the, the corruption of a left-wing government and all of the pain there. And so th- this the, the level of cynicism is beyond that. And, and what we find in all our films is that the themes that we engage in the past are present today. And so when you look at the story that we're telling of the U.S. and the Holocaust, you there understand that the time to save a democracy is before it's lost. We promise you. I cannot wait to see his take on the, the America's, America's involvement in the Holocaust. Are they going to paper over the eugenics program? Are they going to, well, probably not. I think he's probably going to, but will they paper over the New York Times involvement in, in squashing stories about it? That's the thing I want to see. Right. The New York Times, the big liberal institution that it is, was largely responsible for not letting anyone know about what was going on. And about the immigrants, refusing immigrants to come and in. And then that, I think they're going to, that's, I'm pretty sure that's it's probably in the, the story, angle. but they're going to blame the Republicans somehow. No, but no, listen, that's the angle. Like, we didn't let immigrants in during World War II, and that was the Holocaust. By not letting people in through our southern border, it will create a Holocaust. How about that? Yes. That seems, I like it. That seems like on, on point. I, I will say, if I could give some advice to Governor Newsom, He's, I think he's, he's just from a Curry Dvorak consulting group perspective, just looking at his overall image, I think he needs to, let me just say it, pump the brakes on stuff like this. So uh, the governor of California um, sent a letter to the Department of Justice saying you need to prosecute Texas and Florida governors. And all I can say is um, I think his hair gel is interfering with his brain function. You know, what he's going to get... It's going to be, oh, he's just like Trump, which I think is exactly the appeal of people for people is that he isn't just like Trump in that regard. And he's slipping a little bit. Who? Newsom? No, no. Um, DeSantis. He's you making, said Newsom. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant DeSantis. DeSantis should. He's, he's, he keeps making these jokes. Yeah, yeah. I, the hair gel joke is now. Yeah. Also, because well, you know, the problem is, is if you keep you, making jokes, is a, is got to be part of your personality, and I don't don't know that he seems like a joker to me. Correct. Uh, I mean, I always thought, to be honest about it, that uh, who's the other? Who's the senator from Florida? The guy that was the stripper. Um, <laughs> who? Who? Who is the Florida senator? Why I'm not re- coming up with his name instantly is irksome. Oh, uh, Rubio. 
Rubio. Rubio is Stripper. naturally funny. Yes. And when Rubio, most strippers are when funny. Rubio started doing material about Trump. Yeah, it was good for was a while. Actually running against him. Mm-hmm. You know, they were actually when he had a shot at it, his his days are over. Mm. Uh, and he did the joke about the hands, small hands, <laughs> mm-hmm. which stuck to this day. And uh, and he was doing some other material. I thought it was well done. It was very funny, and he could do go toe to toe if he wanted to. But he got pushed back, and so he so in other words, he wasn't he he was naturally funny, but he wasn't he wasn't used to to doing that in the public eye. And so his he his handlers and his you know his keepers and all the rest pushed him pushed back on him, and and it, and since he backed off like a wimp, like a weenie. <laughs> Uh, it killed him. That was the end of it. Uh, DeSantis really isn't naturally funny at, that I can tell. He's He's got a nice smirk. No, it's, you know, it's, it's, of, it's a little out of character. And I will say I'm personally triggered because how many times have I heard someone make a comment about me, about my hair and hairspray and how it's uh, affecting my brain? I've, you know, So maybe that's it. And that was just me. I should have put a trigger warning for myself. So that's possible too. I have the NPR take uh, stuff on the uh, DeSantis, okay. and they they take a very dim view of it too. Of course, uh, yes. Um, this is called the DeSantis stunt. I have a three part uh, series of clips. They're kind of they're a little longer than usual, but they're very revealing. Right now, we want to focus on a group that was flown to Martha's Vineyard, an island off Cape Cod in Massachusetts, known as a popular vacation spot. As authorities in Massachusetts move the migrants to Joint Base Cape Cod, where 125 National Guard members will be stationed, many have expressed outrage at what they call a cruel stunt. But we're wondering if there is a legal basis for this. So we call Denise Gilman, co-director of the Immigration Clinic at the University of Texas School of Law. Denise Gilman, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for okay, having me. Okay, stop for a second. Now, I want everyone to listen for the the uh, weasel words that are in this report. There's a uh, lot of supposedly we heard that could have been. We think that maybe they did. You know, there's all this. They never really come around. To, they don't know. In other words, this entire even though they're long. I'm sorry. It's bullshit. They don't know what is going on, and they're just trying to build a case against DeSantis. And they really, these the left really thinks they can do something legal about this. Oh, it's, it's traffic, human trafficking, you know, this kind of thing. You have uh, anyway, two go. bullshits left in your quota. What are states? That sounds good for the show. Yeah, I'm good. For, I'm good okay. with that. Okay. <laughs> Just letting you know. We call Denise Gilman, co-director of the Immigration Clinic at the University of Texas School of Law. Denise Gilman, welcome. Thank you for joining Hi. us. Thank you for having me. Oh. Simply put, are states allowed to do this? Congressman Joaquin Castro, whose district includes uh, over half of San Antonio, where the migrants were flown from, tweeted that the Department of Justice needs to investigate Governor DeSantis for using fraud and deception to lure people out of state only to abandon them without fulfilling his false promise. Same for Greg Abbott. He went on to suggest that this could be considered trafficking. Is there any merit to this? 
I think there are very valid concerns about what exactly the the legal construct here is. I think raising trafficking is valid. Uh, trafficking is moving somebody without their authority, without their consent uh, for gain. And here I think you're basically talking about political gain. In some ways, I'm not even sure that's the mm-hmm. very best way to think about this because <laughs> that could be private authority, private individuals that are uh, engaging in trafficking. And here you're really talking about government action, uh, both governors have been very clear that they're doing this under state authority, using public funding. And so when that happens, I really think it's almost better to think about it as a question of the government taking somebody into custody without their authority and without any proper justification, probable cause for a criminal offense or the like, and then moving them. What if, upon further review, people did consent, even if the terms were somewhat vague, even if they did consent saying, you know what, wherever I'm going is better than where I am now. Does that change the calculus? Calculus. I think if there is true informed consent, the calculus is different. Calculus. I still think we have some significant due process concerns about what is happening. Uh, some um, Jeez, some sort of uh, misrepresentations that are are problematic as <laughs> to what exactly uh, the situation oh, wow. will be for migrants that that um, cause problems. Um, but I don't think you have the same level of concern regarding deprivation of liberty by the government without proper authorization as you do if there is not consent. Well, I'm winding it up with a vocal fry and up talk all the way. Beautiful. Uh, Again, what mental block do you have to not see that these, I truly think, I do believe that people like this uh, they think that these people are are in the country and and they're here to seek their fortune. It's all groovy and it's all cool. We, you know, it's just it's the border yeah. or whatever. They think migrants. Oh, these are just immigrants. You know, they they're not seeing how they're getting in. It's baffling. It's <laughs> baffling. And you know what's even more baffling? You know where this woman's from? They you you missed it. No, uh, yeah. University of Texas in Austin. Yeah, that's not Texas though. Yeah, a, well, yeah, but there's still some ir- irony there. Let's go to part two. Very ironic, trust me. That law of funding close to raci- close the close the racial. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Joe crept in. I don't know what's going on. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Here we go. So the flights originated in Texas, and it's a bit unclear of whether the uh, folks we're talking about. Here- now, this is this. Is, I'm sorry to interrupt this, but. So DeSantis sent these migrants from Texas. I don't, I, that, that makes no sense. Well, here's, here's the way it was explained in some other reports. And they, they don't really get to it well here at NPR. But what DeSantis made a deal with Abbott because Abbott's shipping people out on buses. And he says, you know, I like to get, you know, these, I want to identify, he's, they got together. And had a drink, yeah. obviously. <laughs> and uh, I want to, I want to, there's a bunch of these guys that are starting to show up in Florida and we don't mind our Cubans because, you know, they're, but it would be kind of interesting. Don't you think it'd be kind of a, a fun to identify some people that uh, when they come through and they ask them where they're going and they say Florida, mm-hmm. we can intercept them at Florida and then we'll put take them aside and ask them if they want to continue what they're doing or they we can fly them to get a job in Boston where there's a lot of work and it's a sanctuary city 
And we'll, on the way to Boston, we'll drop them off. We'll mm-hmm. drop them off in a, a beautiful place that it, every all is filled with liberals that love migrants. And they can meet the vice um, president. They'll, they'll Martha's take her to her home. And, Martha, yeah, yeah. Meet the Obamas. And they could go there. Yeah, the Obamas got plenty of property. They might even put them up. You never know. <laughs> if you're uh, lucky. And the worst that could happen. And by the way, and a lot of the reports that have come from these migrants that have been kicked out by the army from Martha's Vineyard uh, said they were happy to go there. At least that's what, you know, some reports, but they could be slanted. Oh, no, I, 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 sure. I have reports where that, of course, is disputed with a, with but migrant boots still, on the ground. Yeah, man, you're over here. You might as well have some fun. And now you have further north where it seems safer. But uh, so that's, I think they just did this little cute deal. Okay. And, it was just and, a, and Florida's paying I, By the way, it, I, I, I personally believe it was a total stunt. It was... It, there's no denying it was a political stunt and it was of a course. good one. Of course. Okay. Of course. But the, the, yes, no, of course. It is. The question is, have they put themselves in the bind? You know, the, the mainstream is powerful. They're going, they're bringing out Ken Burns to call them Jew haters. I mean, you got to be careful with this stuff. Yeah. Well, Ken Burns has got, you know, is <laughs> such a weenie. For the elitist man, they, they love him. Ken Burns. I love your effect, man. So it's not flight- changing anyone's mind. No, no, no one's changing anyone's mind. So the flights originated in Texas, and it's a bit unclear of whether the uh, folks we're talking about here folks. who went to Martha's Vineyard, it's unclear folks. whether they even set foot in Florida. So it, it suggests a coordinated effort. In that case, who would be Collusion. Uh, responsible or accountable for this, depending on your point of view. Does this, and, and part of the reason I ask is, does that not sort of suggest some federal issue here? Because you're talking about people crossing state lines. So oh, yeah. there are a couple of considerations as well, given the multi-state nature of this particular action. Um, there are provisions, constitutional <laughs> provisions that have to do with transiting across state lines um, and that would suggest that it could be problematic for states to force people out of their uh, states uh, in, and to other states. And that could be implicated as well. But in terms of sort of who is on the hook uh, in terms of possible constitutional violations of the, of the civil rights of migrants. In this- Hold on. Con- I'm sorry. Constitutional rights and civil rights of migrants? Of the illegal aliens? I guess that they have civil rights. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, you just can't go shoot one in the head. Well, so no. That, no. Well, it depends where they have They're on your land. You could, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, it's yeah, disputable, but... But this is just horse so horse manure. Be implicated as well. <laughs> Crap. But in terms of sort of who is on the hook uh, in terms of possible constitutional violations of the of the civil rights of migrants, in this instance, in the Martha's Vineyard instance, it's really the state of Florida that took people into custody and transported them, quite likely without their authorization, without meaningful ah. consent, um, and therefore I would uh, put uh-huh. the state of Florida on the hook. Quite for likely. In NPR's reporting, migrants were told they were going to Boston where they would be able to get a job and other necessities. Uh, California's Governor Gavin Newsom says these migrants were transported under false pretense. Absolutely. And I think it's a key issue. This is a point that we've been making. In those cases where there is true consent, there are a number of other moral and political issues, but the legal issues are less significant. But here, where it does appear that... There are moral issues, but the legal issues are less significant. So it's all about morality. 
Is that what she just said? Oh, let's back it up. Pretense. Absolutely. And I think it's a key issue. This is a point that we've been making in those cases where there is true consent. There are a number of other moral and political issues, but the legal issues are less significant. But uh, OK, yes, so, what she said. So what are you doing on the show, lady? It's it's moral and political. Oh, okay. Bring on a priest. (laughs) Here, where it does appear that there is a lack of consent, in other words, uh, government authorities essentially coerced people into taking a shot, taking uh, these buses, and therefore (laughs) government authorities essentially took people into government custody without any consent and also without any authorization. You do get into serious issues of whether this is essentially a false arrest or even kidnapping uh, that would be problematic under the law, certainly under civil rights provisions. Anyone who still says problematic really needs some media training. Even the even the the Gen Zers don't use it anymore. Problematic. So uh, problematic. They're making a lot of assumptions here. My understanding is they've always they whoever got on the buses and whoever got on the planes was asked. They didn't force oh, yeah. anybody I'm, and put I, a gun I, to their head. I, Get I, on the bus. I bet you they have a signature too. I that's what I was thinking. I was thinking they may have a a sheet mm-hmm. with signatures on it or individual a, sheets. A clipboard, a clipboard. I'm thinking clipboard. I'm thinking exactly the same. <laughs> Guy with a clipboard. It's a Joe says Cortez. Cortez. He's in your Cortez, you're up, you're up, get in. Check the box, Cortez. See. Man. So um <laughs> I think there was one more clip left. Yes. Oh, yes. It, I'm, it I'm, just gets worse. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, Rachel Self, uh, a Boston attorney who specializes in immigration law, said in remarks that were posted on social media that the migrants were instructed to change their addresses with immigration authorities when they relocated. Can you tell us why does this matter? Well, it's a very significant issue because all of these migrants, these families, children, parents who are seeking protection in the United States have already been processed by immigration authorities at the border. Most of them are asylum seekers. They're seeking that protection under the law. So they have ongoing immigration proceedings in their cases. But all of the. Okay, we just need to reiterate that the way and the place where these people are entering is not the asylum process. And she's making it sound like, well, they got got procedures, this process, they're they're just here. You're huddled, you're poor, you're meek. Don't turn them back like the Jews. Under the law. So they have ongoing immigration proceedings in their cases. But all of the paperwork that would have been filled out by the immigration authorities would have an address that is nothing like the one that they now have, now that they've been transported to an area that is not at all where they intended to go. Um, And unfortunately, it's not so easy to make an address change either. Um, And Why the laugh? Why the laugh? It's oh. not so easy to <laughs> make an address Good change. Catch. Why? What does this tell? We will rewind and review. The one that they now have, now that they've been transported to an area that is not at all where they intended to go. Um, and unfortunately, it's not so easy to make an address change either. Hmm. I don't understand. Why, why is she laughing? <laughs> not so easy to make an, an address, address change, change either. I just, hmm, okay. Um, and so it she is knows something about the system being screwed up yeah yeah 
easy to make an address change either. Um, and so it is quite likely that they will not receive notice of their hearings or any updates in relation to their immigration cases. And if they do want to pursue their immigration cases in a new location, very different from where they intended to go, they'll have to file motions with the immigration motions. court. This is not something that is automatic or that is easy to do, especially without a lawyer. Um, and so we fear that there will be very significant due process violations uh, for many of these asylum seekers. So I'm convinced these people believe that the system is actually working. People show up, they come in, they go to their hearings, they become upstanding residents, they have a path, you know, they're helping the country. We, we are the world, we are the children. That's how she's talking and that this is such a diversion from their their critical path towards uh, uh, citizenship and success in America. Yeah, that's, that's kind of crazy. I, I, it's nuts, the whole thing. And it's just what DeSantis has done is proven that the system, besides being broken anyway, because of the numbers that are coming in, even though they're my favorite thing was uh, John Paul Kareem Abdul-Jabbar talking about how we've we've deported more than any ever. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and you got into a big debate with this with the reporter saying, yeah, but you but there's been millions and millions coming in more than We've sent more out of the country than Trump did. Oh. Yeah, but there's 20 times more coming in, and she wouldn't buy it. No, no, it doesn't be besides the point. Here's ABC. Uh, Here's ABC with some numbers. The U.S. is now on track to surpass 2 million crossings at the Mexico border this year. That's up from last year's near record 1.6 million. The White House saying it's working to fix a broken system, and the legal process will take time. Fix a broken system? What kind of analysis is this, ABC? It's just, it's just that choices. It's not a broken system. It's choices made. Yes. Okay, so... That's a good point. With all, good oh, point. You have to keep... Well, I have one clip, and then I have an, another one, which is kind of a counter clip. I think this has something interesting that hasn't been covered yet. Less than two days after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis flew them to Martha's Vineyard to make a political point, 50 migrants from Venezuela put on buses. And Here, okay, here's the tell. Uh, she clearly is a biased reporter when she says 50 migrants from Venezuela. So she, she has bias. I don't know where she's from. Oh, good point. But she's Venezuela. Less than two days after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis flew them to Martha's Vineyard to make a political point, 50 migrants from Venezuela put on buses and transferred to a military base on Cape Cod. Immigration attorneys telling reporters the migrants were lied to. They were told there was a surprise present for them. (laughs) Yes, the Obamas. That there would be jobs and housing awaiting for them when they arrived. This was obviously a sadistic lie. ABC News confirming the DeSantis administration chartered the planes and the migrants didn't even board in Florida. They came from Texas. Today, DeSantis defending his move and promising it's just the beginning. I mean, these are voluntary uh, transportation that they're signing up for, but they're given a, a good ride. They're given everything. And that's just, you know, it's a humane thing to do. The president calling out DeSantis for using human beings as political props. 
It's un-American, it's reckless. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. Republican officials should not interfere with that process by waging a politi- these political stunts. But in El Paso, no, no, no. Texas, it's clear that process isn't working. Border Patrol agents apprehending nearly 1,300 people a day in this area. El Paso is now chartering their own buses to help migrants head north. Volunteers make sure these families know where they're going. The act of busing is a necessity for you guys. That's exactly it. We do not have the shelter capacity. As you've seen, you know, on top of the, the people we're bringing in, you know, there's over a thousand releases to our community a day. And when the shelters in town fill up, some families have no other choice but to sleep on a city sidewalk near the bus station. So, of course, that doesn't make anybody think about oh, a thousand in this small town. And and there is some, I feel kind of bad because I, I knew a girl who grew up in Martha's Vineyard and, uh, and has family there. But, and, but, but, sorry. Just to back up to what you just said. How many people were, did they ship to Martha's Vineyard? Did 50, DeSantis ship five, there? zero, 50. There's thousands piling up in El Paso yep. daily. Yep. And they ship a mere 50. Yep. This is the thing that no these reporters would cover this. A mere 50. 50. Oh, they reported it. This is and ABC. And they make a big, oh, oh, oh what are we going to do? They reported it. This is ABC reporting it, but it's at the end of the report. Oh, yeah, a thousand. No, it's a thousand a day. They have, you know, plausible deniability with that. But I was going to say that you know there is a real outside of uh, the elites who like to vacation there. Martha's Vineyard is a real community, and it's a very odd one. I, I, you know, my alma mater when I went to college for all of a three months. Uh, was, there was actually it was the only girl I ever slept with in college, and she became a lesbian the next day, which was also kind of fun. It was great for my ego. <laughs> my daughter loves that story. Tell me the one about when she became a lesbian, Dad. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, and it's, you know, you can only imagine how, and there's a lot of drugs going on there. People are just hammered. The, the townies, the people who live there and work there. I, I bet it's gotten so bad since I, you know, the eighties when I was in college, it must be nuts with all those idiots running around. Something's going to happen out there. How about this? I predict someone, someone's going to pop off and go nuts on Martha's Vineyard. It'll be DeSantis's fault. Oh, no, Trump. <laughs> Trump, I'm sorry. What am I thinking? So uh, my neighbor, Laura Logan, is out on the warpath as she has uh, some information. New stuff has come to light. I'm sorry, my uh, quota is already full. Uh, and she's, she has the same basic story. She's going around, uh, making the rounds, I should say, uh, talking to people. I first saw her do this rap on War Room, but this is a, a different interview, a little less hypey. And she does have a clue about some of the stuff that she's doing. Well, we'll get to it. But just listen to what she has from insider information. We have in place an administration filled with open border ideologues who are implementing a globalist policy that Mm. no one was given the option in this country to vote on that bypasses the legislature and is completely in violation of the Constitution. And what they're edging towards, and I know this from a source who was in meetings at the U.S., and um, in uh, behind, you know, closed doors. These are classified meetings, and the, and listen to these discussions.
discussions of infiltrating 100 million people into the United States as the basis for forming a regional government instead of a national government. So a government of Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. This is the strategy that's in place. And so things like the cartels were created as part of a push-pull strategy where they would push people out of those countries because life would become unbearable Mm -hmm. and pull them into the United States. It's about the destruction of this country. And uh, and it is it's put in place step by step so that you don't really know what's happening. And so what is hap- what what some people have done now, a group of private citizens has funded a threat assessment of the national security threat on the southern border yeah. because the government is failing to do its job. And the 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 basic premise is that you cannot begin to solve a problem that hasn't even been defined. So I'm not a big fan of the my source in UN behind closed doors classified meetings characterization, but she is a real journalist. You can't deny that she is a great investigative journalist. And so if she says that that's the plan, I'm thinking bring on the Amero. Time once again. <laughs> Back to the Amero. You know the funny thing is if you're any we don't have a clip of it, I don't think, but it's well known that Hillary used to always run on the idea and she would say, because she was a, a globalist, mm-hmm. she would say, I, I imagine that some day in the future where there'd be no borders from the tip of South America to the to the tip, the top of Canada. There'd be no borders anywhere. The borders would be done. Hold and on. Then would be, uh, we have... From episode 872, Huma Abedin uh, on hidden camera. Let's see what this was. Welcome, Huma. You were in Dallas yesterday. I met this young man. Uh, It's going to suck. Uh, Admits Hillary Clinton will open U.S. borders. I don't have the clip you're talking about. But yes, she dreamt of the day when there's no borders. No borders anywhere. Yeah. No borders between Argentina and Brazil. That's a good one. And if I may remind you of the Antifa chant. No borders, no wall, no USA at all. That's right. We can't forget the Antifa. Mm -hmm. No borders, no walls, no USA at all. Yep. This is not, you know... This is the enemy from within, mm-hmm. not, you know, a bunch of people that were protesting January 6th. And here's uh, what, what I found kind of interesting. At the end there, she says there's a group of private citizens who are, uh, who have gotten together to, what she says, like uh, create a threat, a, assessment. a threat assessment. So if you want to know why Mike Lindell, the pillow, my pillow guy is being harassed, it's because he's financing that. He's financing a documentary that she's producing, which is, it's not, a, I don't think it's a huge secret. And I think it's, it's kind of a cool idea that, you know, people put their money where their mouth is on this. And so, you know, it could be very true. The hundred million, it's still a number of years at this pace, but crap. And that's pretty sick. Well, if they're doing a, what was it? Two million last month? Was it? Uh, oh no, last year. Last it two, year. No, it's two yeah, million it's this year. D- d- one point six last year. So it's two million a year. It take uh, ten to little, take uh, yeah, a while. Long, little long. <laughs> we won't be around. <laughs> I want to see the final destruction. 
I want to be around for that. Yeah. Well, so. that's a that's a pretty ambitious stunt. Well, it would be total, and there's already, I'm sure, twenty million. I'm sure there's a lot of people be all for it. You know, Canadians would probably be glad to get rid of Trudeau and be part of a bigger system. Sure. And the hey, Mexicans yeah. would benefit from it. But don't I mean we would have no more board. We'd have to assume that somehow we'd run it, but with it being mostly Latins, I don't think so. Latinx. Well, there's Latinx. also a lot of presumption that the, that the Latinx come in here and that they're uh, all of a sudden they're all in on Democrat values. I don't no, think so. Most of them, uh, Latinx, <laughs> tend to go Republic, a Republican over time. Yeah. Well, yeah, at least at least a third of them do, but they can easily go all all in. And they're all religious, a lot of them. They're Catholics. Don't you think that Trudeau might actually be vying for the president of the, uh, uh, what what were they going to call it back? We've heard this story before. The North American Union. What was it? Was something, no, the American Union. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Well, I remember the Amero. Yes, the Amero. That's where is that thing? Well, it's, it's you can just wait for it. You know, it's going to come back if they're talking. If if they're talking about doing this, the North American Monetary Union (NAU). That's what it was. It has a wiki page entry. Huh. North North American Monetary Union is a theoretical economic and monetary union of three North American countries: Canada, United States of America, and Mexico. Implementation, oh, so that's giving up their currency units and then all going to one, which in Wikipedia says Amero. We're not making this up. But I wonder what they would well, have they, they had They had uh, some art artist renderings of the thing. Yes, yes, many. It's a cute looking thing. <laughs> now it'll just be a central bank digital coin. Perfect. What a way to do it. Not a joke, man. And with that... I'd like to thank you for your courage. Say in the morning to you, the man who put the C in C, senor. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to my friend on the other end, Mr. John C. Dvorak. Hey, my friend, Adam. In the morning to you. Also, in the morning, all ships to sea, boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all names and nights out there. I had several people come up to me here during the... Uh, the conference and ask if if I could describe how you make that sound. <laughs> is it the question is is it a box full of aluminum and tin cans? Is it a waste paper basket? Is it just a pile on the floor? Could you give us a little bit of a Yeah. Okay. Well first of all I have a two I have two of these devices. I, one's thinner than the other, but this they're uh, lightning devices. They're a big it's like a bucket with a handle on it that you hold and when you talk into it into the back of it. It's, it's meant for this. Yeah, sounds just like it, lightning. It's a sound effect. Well, it's a sound <laughs> effects device. Thunder, that, maybe. Uh, sounds like thunder. And uh, I decide that if you if you talk into it, you get this kind of echoey sound. And then I do have a pile, literally a pile of cans, which <laughs> can which I. Usually have one of them in. Here's the, here's the, I'm just a little more inside baseball. If I take one of the cans and put it inside the, inside the. Ah, um, a bonus effect by com- combining the two. 
So it's inside the uh, the thunder device. So if I shake it around, it makes an extra noise. And if I talk into it with the can in it, and then the can comes out, it makes a sound. And and then there's a pile of cans, and I throw the device into the pile. Yeah, there it is. That's that's the pretty beautiful. I'd say thunder device is a bit of a stretch, but thank you. Now at least we understand. In the morning to the trolls who were there in the troll room laughing their asses off over this, uh, they, chew, they, they tune in uh, every Thursday and Sunday to listen live and... Uh, Elaborate! Yes, and then literally to troll. Troll me, troll us, troll each other, and uh, lots of times they got good stuff, of course. And they are our real-time fact-checkers. Not the best, but they're there, and we do love them. And uh, we played... There's a, we have a troll room song, which we'll play end of show. Played that this morning. Everyone liked it. Let's see how Joke many out. there are in this uh, in this troll room, let's see. Hands up there, trolls. Let me see. What do you have? 2191. That's kind of on par, isn't it? For uh, some. That's a down. Uh, well, about 100. We is down at least 100. Down 100. Yeah. Down 100. All right. Well, it's okay. We're happy to have everybody here. Thank you. Uh, of course, these people can also, uh, many of them can be found on noagendasocial.com. You can get a, a membership. Uh, it's open, signup.noagendasocial.com. You have to answer three questions. They're getting hard. People keep asking me, what is the answer to this, man? So I can't believe that they're asking me for cheats. Shouldn't that just be, you know, not dignified if you if you want to join? What's, what's the latest hard question? Is there one? Uh, I think it was the one. Uh, well, there was two. There was one. We go out, we hit them in the... And a lot of oh, people yeah, didn't know hard. what that was. And the other one was, uh, uh, you broadcast from Northern. Yeah. Didn't know that or one. No, silly, blank Silicon blank. Valley. <laughs> blank. Thank you. You just gave it away, man. All right, go sign up for that. And uh, you will be automatically, I think, automatically subscribed uh, to follow John C. Dvorak at noagendasocial.com or Adam at noagendasocial.com. <laughs> And uh, you'll find all the artists there. You'll find uh, all the whole cast of characters. Everybody's hanging out. You don't need to do that through No Agenda Social. It's a Mastodon, so you can, uh, you can also uh, follow us from any other Mastodon account you might have. And uh, in our value-for-value value model, we love the time, talents, and treasure that people bring to the party. We had a piece of art from Nico, would you say Sime, S-Y-M-E, Sime, Sime? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, uh, let me look at it again. Yeah, it, uh, I'll tell you what it was. This was the Kamala tour, uh, the bus with the very happy the bus driver bus. Uh, driving away from the wall. Um, and it was, without a doubt, the uh, the winner, the best one. Let me see what else has he done. Oh, he's done more today. Oh, okay. He has done Nico, more. I think Nico Syme. Syme? He's, done quite, he's actually guess. done quite a bit. Has he ever uh, received a, a, a nomination before? Well, he he did a couple of those he AI things. Yeah. No, no that's not going to work. Bug and cheese. He, he get close on a number of pieces. He's got... Would you say uh, it's because of lack of competition? I mean, I hate to Oh, they, hate there to was say no that. competition. There his, was nothing. His was not even close. His shoulders above everybody. Um, yeah. Let's see, there really wasn't that much. I mean, it's like people, just, have they given up? Is no, it was, it was one of those shows. You know, it's funny because sometimes you, you we finish the show and then we look at the art. It's over a page full, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, a page full of art, you know, 
20, 30 pieces come in, and then sometimes 14, 15 come in maybe. This this time it was like 12 or very few pieces. We didn't get... I, they didn't have anything to grab onto as a theme. I, the only one I liked also besides this one was it's the real thing COVID classic with the Coke can. Yeah, we did discuss it, that. Yep. And that was done by uh, Mark Dand. And uh, that was a nice piece. I liked it. He did the, uh, the, the, queen on the on the toilet <laughs> we didn't feel that was very appropriate no that wasn't going to happen <laughs> and he's done a lot of uh, uh this is actually one of his slicker pieces mm-hmm. although i did do like some of his biden stuff yeah he's done a lot of pieces they had three pages full so he's been working for a while well, we appreciate the work that uh, that he did, and all the, uh, Nico and all and all of the artists. Of course, we we love the competition. You can always follow along if you're listening live by going to noagendaartgenerator.com, and there is always a spot for you to do to sign up and and submit your own. There's there's nothing there's nothing ever wrong, really. It's just whatever mood we're in, <laughs> and our rules sometimes go out the window. But having new artwork on uh, for album art for the show is unique very few podcasts do this i don't think anyone has done it to this to this length of time uh and the diversity and the talent that we have it it would be unaffordable not possible in any other model but value for value so we really appreciate appreciate it nico and of course you can also see these if you get a if you get off of that legacy podcast app you're using go to newpodcastapps.com we have chapters with images uh, uh, there's a ton of extra features uh, you can also uh, uh, get a notification when uh, the show goes live pop into the chat room it's the future and uh, the show won't go away from your app if it gets deplatformed any show won't go away if, uh, if you use one of those. For the treasure part, we have a couple of executive and associate executive producers to thank uh, for today. And we start off with Radu. This is a fun one. Does he give me a pronunciation guide here? No. Achirule? What do you think? A C H Well, That's he's in, what I would think. He's in Garland, Texas. Uh, comes in with a cool nine eighteen eighty nine. Now I would say that's probably birthday related. Let's see. Uh, as show fourteen eighty seven. Here we go. Falls on the thirty third anniversary of my ar- arrival on these shores. Oh, okay. The amount is self explanatory. So thirty three on the. <laughs> ed- that's nice. Growing up behind the Iron Curtain, we knew that all we were force-fed was propaganda, so we listened to Radio Free Europe, Voice of America, and the like on shortwave radio to get a different perspective on the news. Not that that was propaganda at all. (laughs) Holy crap. Well, you know, you get one kind of propaganda from one side. You you get balances. It was was fair and balanced. These days in the formerly free West, we're lucky to have the No Agenda show. The sound quality does not compare, and the deconstruction is very informative and entertaining. Keep up the good work. Thank you for your courage. No jingles, no karma, but you may upgrade me if you wish. Accounting below. Uh, did we upgrade uh, Radu? And uh, Sir George of the Southern Carpathians. I don't know if he if he didn't ask for it. And let me see. Do we have any change? He's here? in blue, isn't he? Oh yeah. So he, he becomes a knight then. All right. 
He says, you may upgrade. I thought he was already a knight, but no, now he's a knight. I have it under the knight and dame, so he's good to go for a knighting. All right. No jingles, no karma. No jingles, no karma. Gotta love it. Okay, we got uh, up next is Sir 1% of the GTFO. <laughs> and he's in Dixie. Dixie. Dixie, Dixie Washington, $480.08. It's been four months since my last donation. Please deduce me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm on location. Always takes a second to get set up. Here we go. You've been deduced. Because we're running out, you know. It's like I took a very small supply with me. Well, you can only bring so many. But, but, I'll but tell people you need this, to understand. They need to understand that it's the supplies are running low. We're running out of deducings. So uh, ch- check out his jingle requests as I continue to read. Inspired by Lawrence, neighbor of Peter, the main character of the film Office Space, I'm donating $480.08, two chicks from the same time donation. Oh, two chicks at the same time donation. <laughs> Four, eight, oh, oh, eight. I got you. <laughs> Man. Okay. Woohoo! Jeez. Uh, this week I'm off to Mexico City to attend N- Nomad Capitalist Live 2022 and be amongst my people. NCL is essentially an international living and investment conference. They have a simple but profound motto. Go where you're treated best. Mm. It is their answer to cultural strife. There's no need for violence. Relocate to where your time, talent, and treasure are respected and appreciated uh, instead. Uh, It's the reason GTFO is part of my night name. One day I will get the F out and go where I am treated best. NCL is like no agenda to me in that it's incredibly energizing and amygdala shrinking as an experience like no agenda and no agenda meetups. The information they pass on at these events is great. And being among the like-minded pe- being amongst like-minded people is invaluable. To all listening who have not heard of the nomad capitalist, I highly recommend checking them out. Uh, and if it turns out to be your kind of thing, if you attend a future NCL event, I'll likely be there too. Jingle request, Biden whispering, get vaccinated. Uh, Obama, no, no, no. Goat karma, because goat is the goat. But also because <laughs> it's the second I'll be make, making, it's, it's the sound I'll be making for my seat in first class if the jab takes out the pilots and my plane goes down. Oh, what a bummer note, man. Faithfully repre- <laughs> suppressing your exit strategy 1% at a time. <laughs> so 1% of the GTFO. Nice to hear that one again. Greg Carlwood, San Diego, California, 420.33. I wonder what that message is sending in the morning, fellas. First off, I have to thank Adam for mentioning Texas Slim so often on the show. He was a recent guest of mine on the Higher Side Chats, along with a string of other recent guests focused on the Franken-Food Tech, the anti-meat elite, and the importance of a decentralized, sustainable ag, grass-fed, and organic food supply. 
one of the great issues of our times along with the Saturn moon mind of <laughs> along with the Saturn moon mind control matrix of course <laughs> let it be known that my knighthood achievement is unlocked with this one life's greatest honor I think it most appropriate that I go by Sir Carlwood of the Higher Side. I'd like to request grass-fed beef and grass-filled blunts at the round table. A random deep-cut jingle from the archives is always appreciated. Keep killing it. Okay, random. Yeah, I'm OTG. You can't find me. Yes, I'm OTG. You can't find me. Yeah, I'm OTG. No eyes on me. OTG, deep cut oldie. Uh, so here we have uh, Nancy Murphy and Sam Bruno. Hey, Sam Bruno, 350. Sent an email with note. I didn't get it. Uh, I don't know if you sent it to me, but uh, I have some Murphys in my pile. I just looked, but no Nancy. Thanks. Name Nancy of the confused, a.k.a. Nancy Murphy. Why don't you uh, give her a double karma for that? Yeah, okay. Hold on a second. Double karma. You've got uh, double up. karma. Ah, yes. This is uh, Ken Chapman from New Berlin, Wisconsin. And 333.33, one of our favorite amounts. Let me see. He is this, he's he the one that with the escapee from Scandinavia? Yes, it is. Yeah, the big long note. Yeah, and, and I'll just pick a few things out of it. We kind of talked about it earlier, but I, ITM fellas, I understand, <coughs> excuse me, I understand this note isn't read on air due to its length. Well, if we read it, it would be the show, to be honest. It would be, the, it would take forever to get through it. It's a it. great note, though. It's a very good note. And I wonder, you know, it would be cool to, to publish this so people could read what you went through. Um, so anyway, uh, they escaped from Scandinavia. They're now traveling around the country in a, an RV, which is a 40-foot school bus converted, uh, cost them a lot to get the COVID tests and the legal stuff and to bring all the kids over. And it's, it's like nuts. He does have a website, Vanguard, uh, what, VanguardADJ.com. Is that, am I seeing that right? What a weird URL. Vanguard ADJ, Vanguard. Something like Vanguard DadJ something like that. Oh, he's an insurance guy. That's right. He's looking for gigs. That's, that's, that's what he wants. He can do uh, all kinds of insurance stuff for you. So go to that website and, uh, and it'll help you out. Let me see. Is there anything else we need to... Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I just closed this stupidly. Okay. Is there anything else? He's got pictures of the, of the, the Cessnas they flew out on. Uh, it's been 10 months of incredible growth, growth opportunities. We still live in the bus, so 10 months since they escaped Scandinavia. Thanks to zero American credit, of course, they can't get credit. Um, they've had bus breakdowns, emotional breakdowns, visa trouble, work regulatory trouble, adoption trouble, but also with amazing experiences meeting freedom-loving Americans who welcomed us so warmly. He says, I do, uh, emphasized, firmly believe that without the generosity of all our new friends across the nation, we wouldn't have made it. That and the support of my smoking hot wife of 17 years, anniversary last week, never had a fight. She has been battling horrible, debilitating health conditions the whole trip, which have been dramatically improved 
improving thanks to going strict carnivore. Oops. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. What's that? I don't know. A misfire. Uh, through the whole trip, I had Curry Dvorak in my ear, keeping me grounded in reality and laughing hysterically at the absurdity of the times we live in. You have our heartfelt thanks, he says. And um, he doesn't ask for anything, but I guess uh, we'll just uh, roll out a karma for him. Yeah, travel karma. You've got oh, he does. karma. He does say no jingles, no karma, but we won't let you get away with that. Don Eigler is up. Uh, from Washington, D.C., 333.33, and she says this is a switcheroo mm-hmm. uh, for executive producer for her father, John. Okay. So we'll we'll take care of that. And then she says, please uh, see note to Adam. I promise it's short. Don Eigler, <laughs> associate executive producer. Well, she's actually executive. Maybe she's been an associate in the past. Well, so here, I don't have that note, if you have it. I do. Here's the note. It's, it's interesting. She says... Uh... This is a switcheroo for an executive producer credit for my father, John Eigler. He's on his 85th trip around the sun and loves the show, especially enjoys listening while sitting by his pool and eating his crudite. <laughs> <laughs> I promise to keep it short, so thank you guys. And he would love some good yak karma. And of course, our family favorite, uh, he wants the noodle gun. Okay, we will do noodle gun. Well, if you don't mind, I'll switch it around. Noodle gun first. And uh, all the best, says Dawn. Yes, switcheroo uh, achieved. I'm gonna shoot you in the face with my noodle gun, you racist piece of shit. I got my pasta glock locked and loaded. You've got... Karma. You know, I realize that when you go to a... I realize it because I cooked dinner this uh, last Friday and and had crudite. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) I learned something just going on crudite. So what yeah. you had a great line on the last show when I said, you know, we couldn't get a Topo Chico. And you, you asked if that was some yeah. kind of crudite. Turns out the reason why carbonated drinks are a problem, at least uh, it's happening in Germany, and I'm pretty sure that could be possible in Mexico, there's a CO2 shortage. It's an actual shortage of stuff to pump into bottles. Huh. I'm not sure how that works. I don't either, but okay. Seems like uh, we have enough. So uh, anyway, the, I realized that that when you go to a Korean restaurant and they bring out all those pickles, they'll bring out maybe depending on the on the feast. If it's a real good Korean restaurant, they'll bring out your main dish, whatever it is, bulgogi. Let's say something you might want to get, and then they have all these little little things of pickles like. Usually three, six, nine, sometimes twelve little uh, servings of different things. That's crudités. It's uh, it's Korean crudité. It's Korean crudités, even though they're pickles. It's K- pickles. K crew. We should just call it what it is. K crew. K crew, man. We could we could remarket this. K crew. What is it? It's Korean crudité. Swanky. Um, Rich, you're, you're up next. Do you have this one? No, I did Don Eigler. You're up next. I don't have anything for Richard Bamisberger. Oh, well, give him a double karma and then read the next one. Did you get any no note from him? There's nothing? Uh, no, I no, got nothing. Okay, all right. You've got... Oh, double up. Uh, uh, 
Karma. Actually, on my list, I have an insert from uh, KQ4BIB, Kilo Quebec uh, for Bravo India Bravo, Sandra, who gave an in-person donation of 333.33 and says, I had a blast this weekend with Adam at the Beef Initiative Conference at White Oak Pastures in South Georgia. Shout out to the producer who created the Ham Trainer app. She's a ham. His app helped me pass the amateur radio technician exam. No health, uh, no jingles uh, and health karma for everybody. There you go. You've got karma. Very nice meeting. Congratulations to her. Yeah. Jason, Jason, Jason Schmidtle in Morgantown, West Virginia. That's your old stomping ground. Motown, yeah, of course. uh, What was it? uh, What was the top 40 station there? AM. Yeah, Morgantown. Motown. Yeah, big time. Please de-douche me. You've been de-douched. I was hit in the mouth in my early 20, in early 2020 by my friend and former co-worker, Tyler Rice, who I'd like to call out as a douchebag. Douchebag. And I donated today in a late response to my own douchebaggery, which was proclaimed on this show in the early summer, thanks to the donation of another friend and colleague, Chris Brown. Like Chris... I'm a West Virginia native, so to keep from to keep form with the precedent that he set, I shall make my donation in the amount of 304, which, as a reminder, is West Virginia's original area code. I remember it. I'd like to thank you, gentlemen, for your courage and everything that you do to, for your show and its listeners. Your COVID coverage in particular has played an important role in my life and career in the spring of last year. My employer announced that all its employees, barring a handful of exceptions, must be vaccinated for COVID or face termination. (laughs) I was working for a good company and a good paying job, particularly for the area. So I hear that I would be fired if I didn't get the jab. Uh, It was devastating. However, I and many of my colleague co-workers decided we would resist the forthcoming mandate. And armed with the knowledge provided on this show We would express our objections to the company's upper management. To our surprise and great relief, the company management not only listened to our feedback, but would go on to eliminate the vaccine mandate altogether. (laughs) I don't know how much of a part I played in the company changing their minds. Probably very little, if I'm being honest. But I am certain that without no agenda, I would have been prepared to respond to the situation the way I did. I wouldn't have been otherwise, I mean. Thank you for being, thank you again, gentlemen, and my apologies for not donating sooner. And then he's got a couple of jingle requests here, which I have to open up, which is Yak Karma, Noodle Gun, Biden, whole load. I do want to point out that your notes are getting a little long, people. I know you're excited. I know you have a lot to say. I really appreciate the support, but, you know, if you say... Late response to my own douchebaggery, which was proclaimed on this show in early summer. It's like, yeah, it's you, a little wordy. You could, you could, you could tighten it up. You just could a leave that bit. out. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the whole load today. I'm gonna shoot you in the face with oh, I like a noodle gun. You racist piece of shit. I got to my pasta Glock locked and loaded. You've got. That actually kind of worked. Kind of yeah, worked. Yeah, it did work. I've never heard that combo before. I will say this. 
that's compared to uh, our last donor, Scott Farley knows how to do it right. Yes, and because he did it right, I'll I'll do Travis after that. Scott Farley, 300, North Tonawanda, New York, where they have meetups from time to time. No jingles, no karma. Go Bills! Who would the Bills play? The oh. Buffalo Bills are they probably the the favorite team to win the Super Bowl this year. They're terrific. Who are the who do in you the think the first be game against? of the season they kicked the crap out of uh, the Los Angeles Rams last year's Super Bowl winner? Huh. All right. Well, I'm super excited. <sighs> Travis well, Phelps, doubt it. <laughs> our first associate executive producer, two thirty three dot thirty three. In the morning, please accept my birthday donation of two thirty three thirty three. When COVID broke out, my wife tried to get me to wash the groceries before I even brought them inside. Nah. I looked at her and said. You're insane. I'm not participating in this. Are they still married? Let's see we get to the end of the note. I quickly began teaching my two-year-old the evils of COVID, and we began to chant, no COVID, no vaccine. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, she attached it. Uh, yeah, hold on. I have it. I have it. I have it. I have it. Uh, he even sent me a loop of it. Um, uh, attaches audio of this chant from her. It'd be an honor to have it as a jingle forever to honor my late father who once looked at my babbling daughter and said, shut up, slave. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> where, where does the wife fit into all this? Is, is she back? I, I'm very concerned. Please add us both to the birthday list. Travis for 914, Steve for 917, uh, jingles, mac and cheese, uh, life, shape-shifting Jews, and fluoride in your cup. Uh, and uh, first we have the uh, here's little Gabby. No cubit, no machine, no cubit, no machine, no cubit, no machine. Living the mac and cheese life, mac and cheese. Best part of waking up is fluoride in my cup. You've got karma. All right. Now we have another blank entry. Actually, we should have done a a double up karma for. uh, uh, No, no, I guess not. Yeah, for Mark Ginty? Ginty. Ginty? Where is he from? Yeah, it's always pronounced Ginty. Row of ducks, but no no documentation. You've got. And Ginty's from. Karma. Nagatuck, Connecticut. I'll read the next one, which is the uh, second to the last. Anonymous, another long note from Fouquet of Arena. And I'm pronouncing that wrong. Fouquet, Fouquet. 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 Hey, Fouquet. Hey, Fouquet, man. $200. (laughs) Following up on a donation a few months ago, I asked No Agenda Nation to contact me if they knew of an OBGYN in the Raleigh, North Carolina area who could face it. To help a fellow listener who is pregnant and coerced into a booster jab by her employer. No one contacted us. I don't believe uh, that is a failing of no agenda nation. I believe it's a failing of our gutless medical professionals in the area. Mm. My wife is in the medical profession and we couldn't think of any OGBYNs, OBGYNs who would write an exemption. Hence the plea. We did get our pregnant no agenda acquaintance in touch with someone who had helped us with religious exemptions last year. I don't know how much help we, I've lost the accent. 
I, on purpose. <laughs> kind of. I don't know how much help, because it doesn't seem right. Because uh, North Carolina, no. I don't know how much help we actually rendered, but we received a great text from her recently, and her exemption was accepted. I think that is more, uh, I think it was more her resilience and dogged efforts to protect her unborn child that persevered in the end. Well, good. Uh, I feel the hits keep coming from the multiple fronts, but to finally get a small victory. By the way, North Carolina shouldn't be so bought in. Right. From someone we know is uplifting. It's, it's pathetic. Yeah, it, it, it is the relentless pursuit of truth and liberty that will win these fights. MP and T, we're praying for you and your unborn child. Jingles, get vaccinated. JCD, that's bull. I'm not going to say it because I only have two left. Uh, Obama, you might die. And fact check true. Uh, I don't have a I don't have a jingle of you saying that. So what are we going to do? You're not going to honor this request, even though you do have two more left. Okay, in your, I in can your say inventory? it. I'll say it. But then I'm down. I would down to my last one. I, I I have the ability in this case to switch to bull crap. He asked for and even put it in quotes. No, I'm going to say I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I, I would say that I was going to say it and say it, but I'm not going to say it until I have to say it. Here we go. Get vaccinated. That's bullshit. You, you, you might die. Fact check true. Wow, okay. I'm glad we did all that. Uh, thank you very much, Anonymous. Tony Helfst is in Fort Worth, Texas, 200, Associate Executive Producership. And as Adam, Tony says, uh, Adam and John, I made my donation this week after hearing Adam on Thursday's show. He was talking about local businesses and how if you don't support them, they will be forced to go away. I don't want that to happen to you guys, so my donation was in order. Thanks for all you do. By the way, I donated for my son Brian's birthday earlier this month and didn't dedouche him, so before you run out, could you uh, do that now? Yeah, we have a couple dedouchings left. You've been dedouched. And she says, can I get a travel karma for my hubby as he drives to see his family across country? No jingles otherwise. Tony House, Fort Worth, Texas. Of course, no problem, Tony. You've got karma. Shweddy, Shweddy with a D in mm-hmm. Plano, Texas, $200. We got the Texans, North Texans. That's right. Coming in. Uh, gents, longtime listener, first time caller. Going through 24.5 year, uh, going through 24.5 year divorce. Wow. Going through 24, five year. Okay, I guess going through 24, five year divorce and it's no fun. D-douche. You've been de-douched. Uh, jingle request. Consult the book of knowledge. Theremin. And I've got info man karma. Consult the book of knowledge. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. You've got karma. And that is, concludes our group of uh, executive and associate executive producers for show 1487, I believe. 13 left to go uh, until 1500. We've got a few to go, and we're going to be at 1500, which is unbelievable. <laughs> and I want to thank these people for helping to keep this going. Why is it so unbelievable, John? You didn't think we would we would last? As no, a team? it's not. It's not unbelievable that we can't do it. You are going to quit at show one hundred. I will remind you. You always bring this up, man. You're always trying to shame me about that just because I was having an emotional breakdown. 
but it's because nobody does this. They, very few people get these kinds of numbers. Yeah, well, it's because no one tries. There's about a handful. There's about 10 podcasters who have done this many shows, maybe 10. I've actually started writing, uh, rewriting uh, the, the, the concept of value for value. It's not the book or anything, but value for, for value.info. Uh, doing that with uh, Gigi, a uh, buddy of mine. And so we're trying to kind of explain more about what it is so other podcasters can take note uh, with a guide and examples. Uh, but besides that, we want to thank these executive and associate executive producers very much for helping us with this episode. And of course, you get the, what did you call them? The forever credit I saw in the newsletter, which I thought was a, a good a good way of describing it. It's a forever credit in perpetuity. It never goes away. You will always be an executive yeah. or associate executive producer of episode 1487 of the No Agenda Show, the best yep. podcast in the universe. Yes? Yes, it's a forever credit. Forever credit. If you'd like to learn how to get this, go here. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Once again, thank you all for providing your time, talent, and treasure for the No Agenda Show. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Ah, a little bit. It's getting hard to hide the dead bodies. <laughs> I would say it's getting a little difficult to do that. So they're coming up with all kinds of ideas. This is an advertisement from the New York Presbyterian Hospital. I've been into fashion since I can remember. But one day I had a stomach ache so bad I didn't want to do anything. The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart. It was severely swollen. Something called myocarditis. But doctors gave me medicines and used machines to control my heartbeat. They saved me. So now I can become the next great fashion designer. You know, in uh, 58 years, 15 of them doing this show, I had never really heard of myocarditis until uh, until now. And now it seems like it's very normal for children to get myocarditis. Oh, everybody's got it. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's the new thing. Now, this, and this is from a local news report. I think it may be from, what's WI or DeWish? Is that, uh, I wonder if that's Florida. Um, and this is a very weird side effect of the COVID vaccine. Well, tonight's health spotlight emerging new research shows a growing number of transplant recipients are suddenly rejecting their new organ. Scientists say the COVID vaccine could be to blame. Joining us now to explain is Wish TV's medical reporter, Dr. Mary Gillis. Mary. Alexis, Phil, according to a new study published in the Journal of Clinical Medicine, acute corneal allografts are being rejected by immunized patients who've undergone the procedure. Now, now these are... Um is that what you Indianapolis, had? by the way. Indianapolis. Is that what you had? Did you have a, a corneo, corneal um, transplant when you had your eye done for your... No, God, no. That, that's a dead thing. That's where you... Oh, that's who, nobody wants that. Okay. Well, apparently they're being rejected. Being rejected by immunized patients who've undergone the procedure. Researchers say the underlying cause could be tied to a systematic inflammatory response elicited by the shot. 
The cornea is the uh. outermost layer of your eye. Corneoglyphs are used to restore vision, reduce eye pain, and improve the appearance of a damaged cornea. The surgery is known to be one of the most successful transplant procedures with low rejection rates. Japanese researchers compiled data from 23 studies, a total of 23 eyes from 21 patients who had undergone corneal graft procedures were assessed. Graft rejection occurred anywhere from one day to six weeks after vaccination in all patients, some who underwent the procedure huh. as far back as 20 years ago. In the paper, study authors write, as the Jeez, virus continues yeah. to spread, additional booster COVID-19 vaccines are expected. Therefore, proper follow-up of corneal allograft recipients and interventions to prevent corneal allograft rejection after they receive the COVID-19 vaccine may be crucial. Among the list of emerging complications linked to the vaccine are blood clots, heart inflammation, and Guillain-Barre syndrome. Woo-hoo! And now your your cornea pops off. After 20 well, that's years. That's your eyeball. It's pretty much your eyeball. After 20 years. Oops. Well, your whole eyeball? That's your eyeball. Your cornea is the outside layer of the eyeball itself. Ah, so so the whole thing. Wow. So then yeah, you, you're going to go blind. Oh, yeah. Then you just got raw ball. <laughs> just a gob of fluid. <laughs> oh, God, that's so nasty. <laughs> Bill Gates, you know, he has his notes from Bill Gates. Bill Gates notes. He yeah, that I, I still wonder who the hell writes those things because Bill can't write. Well, it's the same people who wrote this uh, script for this video for him, which was released, uh, I believe, four or five days ago. The death of a child is a tragedy for the family. That's that's all you need to know. The death of a child is a family. Bill Gates is now going to explain to you. The death of a child is a tragedy for the family, for the world. And I was in my 40s before I understood about childhood death. I was stunned to learn that back in 1950, over 20 million children under the age of five would die. By the year 2000, it'd been cut in half. So this, by the way, is edited this way with this music. That's coming directly from, you know, Gates Central. And I find this Wait. very creepy. Now, okay, well, I'll, I'll, if I, I'll let you know what I think. It's about 9.7 million, about 10% of the children who were born. Since the year 2000, there's been unbelievable progress. We're now down to under 5 million. Of course, we'd like to get that down to be even lower. So what are those deaths? What's going on there? Overwhelmingly, it's infectious diseases, diarrhea, pneumonia, malaria. We can see here that non-communicable, that'd be things like cancer, 14%. Injuries, like a car crash, 4%. But infectious disease, 82%. And of course, almost all of this is preventable disease. It's in poor countries where uh, you simply don't have the same health, nutrition that uh, the rich world takes for granted. You might ask, how have we brought child to death down and how can we bring it down in the future? creating new vaccines and making sure that vaccines get out to all the children in the world. We can you know, make sure that you actually have a good sanitation, toilets, ability to wash your hands. We need much better tools, much better systems to help kids in that very first week. A birth attendant, even monitoring the baby's temperature, having the mother hold the baby to make sure it stays warm. That kind of training and early diagnosis is very important. So the world has made incredible progress in saving children's lives. And I'm confident that we'll see far more children celebrate their fifth birthday in the years ahead. 
I mean, it's not an inconsistent message for him, but this guy is just, this has got to stop. Vaccines, the well, only, the only way happen. to go. And meanwhile, that's, so that's the public side of Bill Gates. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., who I think that, I mean, is, is he completely deplatformed off of everything now? Is he gone? Just think, I know they were their main communication. Yeah, ever since that Fauci book came out, that was the end of him. Listen to what he says about Gates. I think this is a historical jeopardy um, to humanity that we've never seen before. I mean, you know, the Black Plague and, you know, World War II. He's talking about how horrible this uh, this COVID vaccine is. That, that That's that's the lead up to Bill Gates. Um, are, you know, are, are arguably rivals for it. But I would argue this is the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity because... The, the essential ambition of the totalitarian state is to control not just um, conduct, uh, self-expression, and all and thought. And for the first time in history, because of the technological revolution, the capacity for totalitarian forces to literally control every aspect of of human expression and even human thought is now unprecedented. You know, they, you know, Bill Gates brags that he's going to be able to watch with his 60,000 satellites every square inch of the earth 24 hours a day. You know, at least in other parts of history, you could run and you could hide and you could, you know, collect forces and, and begin a, an opposition and we can't do that anymore. Do you think that he, that, is he confused with Elon maybe that he says Bill Gates will have 60,000 satellites? Well, I don't know that Bill Gates has got 60,000 satellites. Uh, maybe he is confused. I'm not sure. Or maybe they've confused him on purpose. So he sounds like a maniac. <laughs> 30 seconds uh, left. Horrible. And the Chinese, you know, have already deployed this vast array of facial recognition that is at, that, that claims to be capable of reading guilt on people, of looking at facial expressions <laughs> from a distance and, and deciding whether somebody is guilty. I love this more. So, you know, I would say this is Armageddon. This is the apocalyptical forces of ignorance and greed and totalitarianism. And this is the final battle. You know, we need to win this. Ooh. It's kind of a well, I Dark. haven't heard of this technology. Well, the um, Chinese, he did say there's claims. He didn't say it's a fact, but I like it. I like the whole idea. Just well, I do a have a technology report that would kind of, I, I record this specifically for this sort of t- discussion. Okay. But it's not about people. But why isn't it about people? Play the future of tech fences. Some ranchers say a new tool called virtual fencing is revolutionizing the way they manage their livestock. It gives them new control over how to graze on grassland. SCPB's Joshua Heyer reports. The virtual fencing runs off of GPS towers that can be hauled around on a trailer. Computer software draws boundaries and moves the GPS-collared livestock around to graze. Nick Jorgensen uses the technology on his team's 10,000-acre ranch near Ideal. He explained the system during a panel discussion at this year's Dakota Fest in Mitchell. It talks to a radio base station up on a hill, 
and it sends signal back and forth, and it, it gives the, the caller its direction, says, hey, this is as far as you can go. As they get close, it, it beeps at them, mm-hmm. and then when they step into the fence zone, they just they get a light electrical Good pulse um, that encourages them to turn back around. Oh, man. If I wish I'd had this clip. I could have asked some people about this here. Sure. They'll, they'll, they'll treat the cow, people like the cattle. Why not? Yeah, I like the way they say light uh, electrical impulse. It gives them a shock. Yeah, well, well that's what uh, electric fence does. So it's, it's the same idea. But it's, I think cows will respond. I don't know enough about cows, but it does, seems wrong. <laughs> Here's what they're doing to uh, humanoid cows. Nearly every baby born in the U.S. gets a heel prick shortly after birth. Their newborn blood fills six spots on a special car used to test the baby for dozens of genetic disorders that, if treated early enough, could prevent severe disabilities, even death. The test itself is crucial and potentially life-saving, but it's what happens after that has some concern. The leftover blood spots become property of the state and may be purchased for approved outside research without your knowledge or consent. Now, the state stresses that research could lead to future life-saving tests and treatment, and they insist the blood spots are de-identified before they're given to researchers. Oh, bull crap. I have heard this. So, um, this was a conspiracy theory back in the day. Oh, man, you know, they, they do the heel prick. That's uh, so they got your DNA and they got to track you. And I'm like, nah, that doesn't sound right. But here it is. It sounds kind of spot on the money. A public records lawsuit alleges New Jersey police recently subpoenaed a nine-year-old's blood spot to link his father to a cold case rape. And an increasing number of lawsuits are threatening state stockpiles. Both Texas and Minnesota had to destroy millions of blood spots following past privacy-related lawsuits there. And Michigan health officials reportedly recently agreed to destroy more than 3 million blood spots following lawsuits by parents there. And while parents here can request the state destroy blood spots after they've been stored, the state says it may not be able to comply. Why not? i tell you why not. Okay. Because they don't want to. <laughs> it's like work. Uh, what do we got to do? Oh, forget it. Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll do it. Uh-huh. And then they go back to reading the newspaper at the desk. Yeah. Well, Dr. Ja is not reading the newspaper at his desk. He's out there promoting the new uh, ill-advised uh, bivalent booster. Tonight, news on the new COVID boosters, which are now available. Booster. White House COVID coordinator Dr. Ashish Ja telling ABC News to get maximum protection. Americans 12 and older should get these boosters before Halloween. The sooner, the better, he said. They're designed to fight against Omicron and its subvariants. Dr. Ja receiving his booster today with second gentleman, ah. Doug Emhoff. B5 is super contagious. It's out there. Getting a vaccine that specifically targets it is going to make a big difference. It makes me feel better about protecting myself, protecting my family. Health officials warning there's always a chance of a possible COVID surge this fall or winter with Americans coming back indoors. And meanwhile, uh, Sweden reporting they have the lowest excess mortality rate in Europe. Of course, uh, Sweden uh, didn't do lockdowns. Um, according to a, a properly peer-reviewed study, I think, uh, most New York COVID patients on ventilators died 90%. Surprise, surprise. One day that'll come out, man. That protocol, you remember I, I was in Vegas and we had the people who teach uh, operators how to operate the ventilator and they're saying this is the wrong protocol. We're killing people and, it's, and, and, and they're telling us to do it. 
Yeah, and, and you weren't the only one that was noticing it or that found this out. This was reported here and there, too. Yeah. Um, now, I have that we've played supercuts like this before, but this is the most lengthy and detailed and has all the players in it. This is the all Democrat players before the uh, election who were saying they would not take this vaccine because of Trump. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think we should play this because it's a g- we have to remind ourselves of a lot of things. So much has happened. And oh. this is one of the things this show does best. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine, and they should be. We can't trust the president uh, and take his word and take a vaccine that might cause harm to us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. Let's just say there is a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? We will need to have access to the vaccine results so we can make our independent assessment to make sure that Donald Trump's uh, fingerprints are not on it. You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. Is the vaccine safe? Uh, Frankly, I'm not going to trust the federal government's opinion. And I wouldn't recommend to New Yorkers based on the federal government's opinion. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. Would you trust that vaccine? There's very little that we can trust that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. We cannot take for granted this process will be free of political influence. I don't trust the president. And I don't trust the FDA. If Donald Trump can't give answers and the administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. We're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine. It was new. It was done quickly. But trust this federal administration and their health administration. That is right now. How confident am I? Uh, I'm not that confident. Yes, I would be hesitant, but I'm going to ask a lot of questions. You're going to need someone other than this FDA and this CDC saying it's safe. you got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus this is a safe vaccine. Uh, what I'm worried about is that there's some sort of October surprise and that there's a pressure put on the decision makers here to announce a vaccine in October of 2020. We're going to put together our own group of doctors and medical experts to review the vaccine and the efficacy and the protocol. Quite a contrast with what's happening now. Yeah. Yep, all bunch of loudmouthed Democrats. Do you have any TikTok clips for well, today's the only, show? Yeah. The only one I have is, well, I have one from last show, but it's, I don't think it's going to fit into anything we're doing. Uh, I have one, though, that's uh, for today, and it's about some guy who claims that there's this organization that's been buying up, well, we know for a fact that TikTok and Instagram and other people that Get well, a lot of well, well, we had the we had the Halo Group, who the United Nations uh, prompted and paid to promote the COVID vaccine. Yeah, I got one here where a guy's being paid or told to do something anti-Trump specifically, hmm. uh, and he's going to get paid to do it. And this I'm, is my TikTok for today. 
Bush has offered $400 to make an anti-Donald Trump propaganda post related to the January 6th investigation. That is completely not true. I should start out this video by saying I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, so that should give a little bit of context to where I'm coming from. I'm an attorney. I post legal news and analysis on related topics. Okay, here we go with the story. So first thing first, I get an email from somebody with the Good Info Foundation. We'll talk about them a little more in a minute. I'm going to refer to this person as Jane. Jane sent me a message letting me know she represented the Good Info Foundation and that she was willing to offer a paid collaboration to discuss some topics related to January 6th. I said, sure, why not? I'll learn some more. Jane says the Good Info Foundation will give me $400 to make a post on my page and then share it to Instagram. So you see that blue link? All right, here, we're going to follow it. These- I would just like to say, I find it very interesting how media production has gone from the jump cut to a fucking machete. What is this? They just, they can these people not get a full paragraph out in one go, they have to chop it up in all these bits? Everybody's doing this, and I don't know why. I mean, it would work if there was a sense of rhythm. That's <laughs> yes, what you're yes, bitching thank about. You. Yeah, sense of rhythm and not the, I mean, it's horrible. It's really bad. And this is, and I agree with you. This is, it's become a format, but it's bad. And no one seems to, no one seems to mind. Well, I think people that do it right with a sense of rhythm mm-hmm. uh, and beats, you don't, you wouldn't complain, but nobody does because they're not professionals. And so, you know, you're bitching about amateurs. I'm sorry. So. The specific requirements in order to obtain that $400 of how I should refer to the January 6th capital raid. Number one, I must call this a criminal conspiracy. Number two, I must say Trump Republicans were responsible. Number three, I must frame it as an attack really? on my country, That's an attack on America or Americans a criminal conspiracy, and a committed crime. I must attribute the matter to MAGA Republicans. I must make clear that this was ongoing and unresolved. And most importantly, that I must channel all of this unto the manipulation of voter agencies so that I could turn their anger around this event into defiance that would make people more likely to vote in midterms. And the thing that struck me the most was this part, where I was told to talk about the aspects of the Trump campaign's plan. And I was supposed to say that the Trump campaign paid literally millions of dollars to make January 6th happen. So I figured, you know, maybe I missed something. So I said, hey, Jane, what is the basis for the claim that the Trump campaign itself paid millions of dollars to make the January 6th siege of the Capitol happen? Jane doesn't answer the question. Hi, Preston. If you don't want to state that in the video, it's fine. You don't have to use all the bullet points provided. So I kept going. Sure. I'm just wondering if there's support for that claim. Jane doesn't answer again. Let me know if you are interested and the rate works for you. Thanks so much. I'm not interested and the rate doesn't work for me. This is the Good Info Foundation. They boast on their homepage that good information is the lifeblood of a democracy. Did you look at the Good Info Foundation and who they're perhaps funded by? I looked at the page. I didn't look into who's the about. I didn't look at the about page. I Mm. I just passed it off. I didn't care. Uh, what was interesting, though, is the talking point they had where you wanted to blame it on Trump. She had this thing, Trump and Trump supporters. And it specifically said on that line, he didn't read it, but it said, I, you could see it on the screen. It said, do not say Trump and Trump allies. Hmm. Yeah, right. So, yeah, 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 exactly. He did say that. Hmm. There's something important about 
not saying allies, but using supporters as some, I don't know what psychological aspect that is. Hmm. I'm wondering. I can, they are a 5013C. Did I say that right? 501C3, yes. Hmm. Founded in 2021. So they haven't even filed yet. I don't have to look. They're brand new. Front, obvious yeah, it's front. Yes, a new, new group front. with some money. Regarding Soros. <laughs> regarding the um, the social networks and how uh, they are used, I came across, interestingly, a talk, TikTok video of a college professor who asked his students what social networks they use and why they use them, what they use them for, what their preferences are. And the results are not completely surprising, but there are some gotchas in there. I asked my first year college students how they feel about five different social networks. Here's what they had to say. Snapchat is mostly for private communication. Private stories are popular still. Streaks, which were a big deal for a long time, are really no longer a thing. And when a student meets someone new, uh, their Snapchat username is still the first thing that they will give to that person before they give a phone number. Instagram, they feel, is getting too busy with too many features, and that's frustrating them. They don't like the changes in the algorithm. They don't like seeing content from accounts they don't follow. They don't like reels, and they don't like the focus on shopping. They do like that Instagram is a great way to learn about a person uh, that they meet by going through their Instagram profile when other networks are you know, letting content disappear after 24 hours. TikTok is where they go for entertainment. Few of them are creating any sort of content there, mainly a source of entertainment. Twitter is good for news, but not widely used. Actually, speaking of TikTok and Twitter, we had class the day after Queen Elizabeth died, and I expected that a lot of them got news on Twitter about it, but I was surprised to hear they got news on TikTok about Queen Elizabeth dying. And Facebook is a big no. As one student put it, people who are on Facebook are not happy. So we can see the problems here. Snapchat is still popular for very different reasons. Uh, TikTok is purely entertainment. And so I don't, when I go on TikTok, I don't have an account, but I only see entertainment stuff. But all the videos you bring, which of course is from the libs of, uh, uh, the libs of TikTok account, it's, it's all these, uh, these teachers and, uh, and, it's something completely different. So I, there's multiple TikToks, obviously. Yeah, TikTok is dimensional. And, uh, and of course, Facebook is a no-go. So we have a couple of strikes against Instagram, except it's cool to stalk somebody to see what they're really all about. Uh, and Facebook is no-no. You know, I don't think it's that effective, but okay. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I've tried to stalk people on Instagram, and I got nowhere. <laughs> you know what is the best place to stalk people? LinkedIn. Used to be uh, Flickr. Oh, Flickr. Yeah, is, that's still around, isn't it? I still have a Flickr account. Yeah, nobody uses these things anymore. If you want to, I think probably Facebook's the best way, but if you, you know, you can't stalk everybody. Well, I don't even have an account. You can't stalk me there. Well, clearly we have. I don't have an Instagram account either, except a phony one. So Snapchat is in a category by its own, which is used for introductions. They like the disappearing messages. I, I can understand. I think younger kids particularly, but I guess the college kids as well. 
So we have a problem with TikTok. You know, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all part of Meta. Enter their heat-seeking missile who was out to get TikTok to bring him down. <laughs> Senator Hawley, here's his intro to a nice little oh, session. Oh, yeah. Ms. Pappas, let me start with you. I have to say it's great to see you here today. I have repeatedly invited your company to testify before Congress. I invited them to testify to the Judiciary Subcommittee on Crime and Terrorism in November of 2019. I invited them to testify again in September of the following year. Both times we were stiffed. TikTok told me that they would set up a meeting with the CEO. They didn't want to testify in public, but they set up a meeting with the CEO after November 2019. They then canceled that meeting. So uh, it's Good. nice to see TikTok being willing to answer questions uh, in public. It's a, it's a pleasant change. So from this, oh. from this introduction, I can only uh, conclude that uh, TikTok is a little worried now. No, I think TikTok should be, I think they should be praised because there's no reason to go before Congress just to be ridiculed. Correct. And that's exactly what happened. And it does not look good for the TikTokers. Um, let's let's dig into a few things if we could, specifically about TikTok's links to the Chinese Communist Party. There we go. Okay. Are you ready yeah, to be right taken down? Woohoo! In response to a letter from some of my colleagues, TikTok claimed earlier this year that the company has never shared data, never, with the Chinese government. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. And has never shared data with the Chinese Communist Party, is that correct? We will never share data, period. Uh, my question was in the past tense. Have, has TikTok ever shared data with the Chinese Communist Party? We have never shared data with the Chinese government, correct. With the Chinese Communist Party. They, they did not send the right person for this. Hawley, he's good at this. He's a lawyer, I'm sure, right? I don't know what Hawley's background is. I'll look into it but right now. But uh, yeah, he is good at this. He's because he, a bunch of these Republicans are competing for who's the best at doing this sort of thing, and he's up. He's up there with the big three he's, or four. He's, he's about up, five yeah, of them. Yeah, he's in the top five for sure. Yes, correct. Uh, do you have any? Uh, have you ever shared it with uh, members? Two members of the Chinese Communist Party. We have said many times, Senator, that we do have Chinese engineers based in China. I don't think there's any platform up here that would be able to speak to what you're talking about as it relates to the political affiliation of an individual. But I'm happy to assure you that we are ensuring the access controls around our data as well as here a crack weakness the storage of that data in the united states so i think you're telling me that there are tiktok employees or bite dance employees who are members of the chinese communist party is that to what no i'm saying i wouldn't be able to verify that oh well let me just ask you that affirmatively are there members of are there tiktok employees or bite dance employees who are members of the chinese communist party Senator, I'm saying nobody that's sitting on this panel could tell you a political I'm not interested about anybody's opinion. Any I'm asking individual. you a factual question. Are there members of the Chinese Communist Party employed by TikTok and ByteDance? Yes or no? Now listen to her make a critical mistake. I wouldn't be able to tell you the political affiliation of any individual. What I can tell you is how much we're investing. I know, membership in, in the Communist Chinese Party is not exactly well like membership in the Democrat Party. Controls. So I'm, I'm looking for an answer. You, you so, tell me you don't know. TikTok doesn't know. I'm, I, here's what I can tell you. Here we go. I can tell you that our U.S. and Singapore leadership, there are no CCP members. I can tell you. So you that do know that, but, you, but you're telling me that whoops. you don't know if there are any members who are employed by TikTok or ByteDance, members of the Chinese Communist Party? Senator, I am happy to share that we are putting 
access. No, that's not my question. My question well is, as- that's not my question. My question is, are there any TikTok employees or ByteDance members, uh, employees, members of the Chinese Communist Party? Yes or no? Senator, I'm saying nobody could sit up here and give you so that. So you answer. don't know? You're saying you don't know. You do know your leadership isn't, but you don't know about your employees. Is that your testimony? I know that everyone who makes a strategic decision at oh. this platform <laughs> is not a member of the CCP. A strategic <laughs> decision. Okay. It's interesting. It's interesting to me that you're quite confident that anyone who can make a strategic decision, how many people is that? It's our leadership team. So Number. And again, the leadership team <laughs> is... Based in the U.S. and Singapore. Our CEO is based in Singapore. He's not Chinese. Whoa, you got butt slammed! (laughs) (laughs) It just went on. Yeah, uh, Yale. He graduated. He oh, went to Stanford, got his history degree, went to Yale. So he's a Yaley Law School guy. And he was the head of the, again, it follows the same pattern, the same playbook where he's the, uh, runs the law journal there and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a classic, classic guy. Yeah, and and I'm sorry to say it. I mean, I want to like the guy, but this is, he's clearly operating for someone who wants TikTok gone. He doesn't, this is not because he really, if he really cared about the American people's data, you'd shut down Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. They're the egregious ones. They're handing over data to the FBI willy nilly and saying, oh, something might be going on over here. And the FBI is using that to go on little fishing expeditions. So this cannot be taken seriously as someone who cares about the American public. I agree. Yeah. Meanwhile, over in the House of Representatives... He's a good showboater, though. He's a showboater. Yes, so is this Higgins cat. Representative Higgins, I forget where he's from. And there's a climate change uh, lady. <laughs> I only have this, uh, this short clip. You may have seen it. A lot of people have been posting this. And she goes off the rails against him when he asks a very simple question, although he's asked it, of course, in an aggravated manner, meant to set her up and meant to trigger her. Um... Is like, well, if we do away with all petroleum products, how are we going to live? You know, we've pointed out on this show as well, everything. Petroleum products, oil is in all facets of life. Oh, yeah, this is, a, this is a, yeah, everyone's seen this. This is good. Everything you have, your clothes, your glasses, the car you got her on, your phone, the table you're sitting at, the chair, the carpet under your feet, everything you've got is petrochemical products. What would you do with that? Tell the world. If I had that power in the world... What actually, I don't need that power because what I would do is ask you, sir, from Louisiana. I'm giving you the to power. Search, You're presenting to search it's you, sir, from Louisiana. You, to sir. search your heart when, and understand why the EPA knows that toxic petrochemical facilities My are some of the lady. most toxic, I, polluting trying, facilities in the, floor, the world boo. and are killing <laughs> black people throughout Louisiana. Okay, so, so, my so first thing would to be you to search your heart and ask your God what you are are doing crazy that was i mean there must have been a lot of lead she up could i mean she get he was given a a, a a kind of a blank check to say whatever she wanted to about what you could do and she could you could have a lot of fun with that question if you had anything on on your mind at all but she obviously didn't well she started and then she switched right away as if i had the power no i'd ask you senator she's like the training kicked in but there was did you hear what he said to her unless i misunderstood it Listen to this. These are some of the most toxic, polluting facilities in the the world and are killing. He said, I'm trying to give you the word boo. Did he say boo to her, black lady? 
Did he say boo? No, I don't know what he said. He said some of the most lady. toxic, I'm polluting trying, facilities in the, the floor, world boo. and are killing black people. <laughs> he said boo. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Well, whatever he said. Maybe. AOC went off the rails on this. Oh, yeah, she went nuts. I wanted to address uh, Ms. Salter directly. I just want you to know that um, in the four years that I've sat on this committee, I have never seen members of Congress, Republican or Democrat, disrespect. She's basically violating the rules of the House when she does this. You're not supposed to go after one of the other people the way she's doing it. You can condi- say something about, you know, you can apologize to the person that was being grilled, but you can't do what she's doing. The House rules forbid it. I didn't I realize this. I know why she wasn't know. called out. Oh, Come on, boo. You know why. Hello. Respect a witness in the way that I have seen them disrespect you today. I do not care what party they are in. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. And for the gentleman of Louisiana and the comfort that he felt in yelling at you like that, there's more than one way to get a point across. And um, frankly, Frankly. men who treat women like that in public, I fear how they treat them in private. She is so good, man. She should be reprimanded. No, she won't she get reprimanded. She should be reprimanded by, by the, if, if the... If the Republicans take over the House, nothing like that's going to happen again, I can assure you. No. And she had her little... She uh, doesn't know what he's thinking. I didn't hear him yelling at her. She was yelling he at was him. He was kind of mocking her, I would say. But she, literally, the lady was yelling at him. Yes, yes. So. I don't know. Uh, I, I I guess I should watch the whole climate change. Oh, man, it's all performative. It's all about what we can get a clip on. And there he is. We were part of the dumb system. We helped that guy out. Um, uh, but in, I know, yourself. I know. Well, I wanted to get to AOC. That was really why I wanted to play the setup. Um, and you think that people would learn about climate change and that they hadn't figured it out yet. Maybe they don't watch news, but oh, well, it's just the Appalachians. On the Consumer Watch tonight, Appalachian Power said there's still time to enroll in a program that promises a one-time $50 gift card. The utility calls it the Take Charge program. It runs every year from the start of May to the end of September. By enrolling, you essentially are giving control of your thermostat to Appalachian Power. The company says it would make small and brief adjustments... <laughs> especially during the peak electric demand period. Once you enroll, you get a $50 gift card. Again, that's a one-time deal. And you can then get an additional $25 gift card per central unit for every year you're enrolled. That's $5 per month, May through September. If you're interested in this, we've got a link on WJHL.com where you can enroll. Now I'm sure a lot of people are doing it. 50 bucks, gift card, not not just taking off the bill. It's a gift card. It's a lot of money now. So sad. So uh, I got a clip. I want to ask you to maybe bring this up with uh, with Mo. Okay. I think that the Little Mermaid, the new uh, <laughs> version with yeah. the black woman, uh-huh. uh, is an example and one of the better ones. And I say this based on a couple of articles that were written about it, including how cool it is that the new Little Mermaid 
uh, just from a headline, won't be defined by needing a man or a man's love. Oh. Uh, bringing me to the point of making it sound as though uh, she would be, a, if given the choice, a single mom, not interested in becoming anything other than a mermaid, actually, <laughs> also. Uh-huh. That this is a classic example of systemic racism by redefining the character. You make the character black, that's fine. I don't care about that. But now you've redefined her in a black Agreed. stereotypical Shut mold. Oops, sorry. A black stereotypical mold from and this is Disney, by the way, the most woke of the woke of the woke, which exemplifies to me, I could be wrong. Systemic racism. That's what's this is what racism really when you we talk about systemic racism, people know we can never define it. I think this is a a good example of it. Parents and it would be a woke, woke, woke that would do it because they're stupid. They don't know that what systemic anything is, and they they would just do it because they would go for the stereotype. Parents started sharing videos of their children reacting to the trailer and seeing a princess that looked like them. Using hashtags like Black Girl Magic and Representation Matters, the trend has gone viral. Some of the videos even reaching Bailey herself. I think she's round. A few days ago, the White House hosted what it called the United We Stand Summit, a gathering of civic activists, authorities in various fields, and survivors of violent hate crimes. Although the specific focus of that gathering was to address hate-motivated violence, the event was part of the administration's broader argument that this country's deep political polarization is a threat to the nation's well-being and that well-meaning citizens have to work together to address it. That's something Chris Starwalt has been thinking a lot about, too. Even if you don't know the name, if you follow politics, then you know his work because as a political editor at the Fox News Channel, his team was the first to call Arizona for Biden on election night 2020, wow. the first sign that the former president, Trump, would not win re-election. The announcement infuriated the former president and his allies who raged at Fox and Steyerwalt. One senator even said he should be fired, and a couple months later, he was, although Fox called it a restructuring. Steyerwalt later testified before the January 6th committee about the attempt to pressure his team to backtrack on its decision. Something happened in the middle there, and all of a sudden we were at Trump. That was the weirdest thing. Another one of these switcheroos. It wasn't just a switcheroo. Uh, it was like you got me. Yeah, all I don't the, know what they call it. The, There's something else. It's a. It's a. They it's just a, changed the topic. They changed it in midstream. It's like I don't know what to call it. This has got to be some NLP stuff. I agree with you. I just don't know what. And that's it's NPR again. Hmm. That's yeah, NPR does weird. it more than anybody. That's very, very weird. Um, yeah, I'm I, trying I, to catch yeah. more of these. But anyway, back to the Little Mermaid, which was that with the report was supposedly about to turn into a Fox anti Fox screed Trump thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, Trump. Uh, but I just think it's systemic racism at its finest. Well, they're stereotyping. And it would, they're stereotyping a black woman uh, who would more than likely not have a man about the house. By design, which is certainly systemic racism, but I'll ask Mo. I speak with him on Wednesday. I shall ask him. I'm sure he'll have some better clips as examples to show us just how messed up it really is. 
Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Um, okay, what else we got? Uh, I do have a, a little bit of Russia. Uh, you have or you do have? I do believe I do have a little bit of Russia. And in this case, uh, it is CNN. And we're laying it on thick. Actually, I should mention, I saw this article. Um, okay, two articles. First, USA Today tries to bring out a fact check saying uh, Ukraine's president did not sell farmland to U.S. companies. And, and so we know that 30% wound up in, in hands or maybe we should say control of Cargill, uh, JBS, uh, DuPont, uh, Cargill, DuPont, Monsanto. So they fact-checked this, and then you know, at the very end of the article, based on our research, we rate false the claim that Zelensky sold 17 million hectares of farmland to U.S. corporations. It is illegal for foreign companies to own land in Ukraine, according to experts. Although, of course, the laws all changed when uh, Zelensky came into power. We don't talk about it. While Cargill, Monsanto, and DuPont do have business interests in Ukraine, and Cargill has a 5% share in a land-holding company, none own land directly. So they say business interests. It's, it's, I mean, that's USA Today? It's just lying. Yeah, no, USA Today has turned into a, uh, a, a liberal apologist, and they do this sort of thing. Their, their fact-checking sucks. They've really gone off the off the rails, and then politi- you can't, USA Today is one of the worst news outlets now uh, that you can can't count on. Yeah, pretty much. There was an opinion piece in Politico uh, titled "Waging Psychological War Against Russia," and it was written by David Shedd, former acting director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, and Ivana Stradner who is an advisor to the Barish Center for Media Integrity at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. Spook. Uh, and it just it starts yeah, off. Totally. The fight for Ukraine will not just be won on the battlefield. For all the high-tech weaponry the West has delivered, psychological war against Russia remains a key opportunity for the United States. That's what we talked about. You know, it's like, let's, let's, uh, let's shake it up there at home for him. Let's have some people fall off a balcony and let's make it look like there's stuff going on and people trying to, to unseat him. Historically, such an approach focused on selling Russians the American dream. But this strategy is a relic of the Cold War, ill-suited to present-day Russia. Uh-huh. So that won't work by saying, come to America. Instead of pitching the benefits of Levi's and Hollywood, yeah. <laughs> Really, U.S. information operations should use Russian nationalism to turn the tables on the Kremlin, highlighting the war's damage to Russia, exposing government corruption and inequities inside Russia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and exploiting yeah. res- there it is, and exploiting resentment amongst Russia's ethnic minorities. Hey, we can do that BLM thing in Moscow. These, dare we say, Russian-style tactics will bear more fruit than tales about the wonders of American democracy. So they're actually saying that that we should use Russian-style tactics against them. Okay. Um, It's pretty hard to do it there. Their ethnic groups are spread out few and far between. I mean, there's a... No, this is nonsense. But I think they're sincere about it. I I mean... Well, I'm sure they're sincere, but it's not going to do any good. It's laughable. Yeah, what else you the Russians do? aren't idiots. Well, here is uh, David Petraeus. Wasn't he at one point also CIA director? 
Yes, he was a CIA director until he gave state secrets to his girlfriend for a blowjob. You know, I'm normally fairly guarded and uh, cautious Mm -hmm. about this, but the tide clearly has turned because the success of this offensive, uh, as important as it is itself on the ground, what really is important is that it reflects a hugely important development, a new reality, that Ukraine has been incomparably better than Russia in recruiting, training, equipping, organizing, and employing additional forces, while Russia has been struggling to do just that, literally running out of soldiers, ammunition, tanks, fighting vehicles, and so forth. Uh, The Ukraine supported superbly by the U.S. and NATO, uh, whereas Russia, even if it declared mobilization today, could not Mm. reverse this fundamental reality. So the implications are stark. They're very, very clear. Ukraine will, over time, and yes, tough fighting, more casualties, more punishing Russian strikes on (laughs) civilian infrastructure, but Ukraine will, over time, I think, retake the territory that Russia has seized since 24 February, and it's even conceivable now that they could retake Crimea and the Donbass. And oh, by the way, along with what's going on in the front lines, there is insurgent activity now picking up in the Russian rear areas carried out by Ukrainians uh, there as well. So again, this is going to take time. There will be tough fighting, all of that. But this is a disastrous situation for Russia now. And I'm not sure that it, everyone recognizes just mm-hmm. how does it, it worse than Afghanistan. Remember, they left Afghanistan and of course, the government they left behind stayed in power for two years. This is going to be a terrible painful retreat for them yeah, uh, and, and again the outcome just is i don't think in, in doubt anymore ukraine will prevail unless there's some unforeseen development uh and as long as we continue to provide the weapons and of course you noted the latest announcement about that i'm confident we will continue to do everything that they need uh, to help them build on the momentum that they have now achieved okay. uh and carry this all the way through to, to victory frankly man is that wishful thinking or is that real? I don't know what it is. I don't think it's either one. I don't know what he's given these talking points. He blows them out there and I don't know. What, I don't know. Yeah, you can't, you can't, to get us to give him more money. More money. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. And we could use a little more money. Uh, we do have a few people to thank for show 1487, starting with, and we start low here. We actually start with the 8008 donation from Christopher Berg. Mm-hmm. And he's in Osceola, Wisconsin. He wants, and he's got a birthday call for his hot wife, Meryl. Uh, Sir Kevin McLaughlin's up. With, uh, he's the Duke of Luna, lover of American booze. You can always tell how well you did by how high on the list is uh, Sir Kevin McLaughlin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's right at the top. Yeah, right on. Uh, Locust, North Carolina, 8008. And our third boob donor is Brian Hendrickson in Tulare, California, 8008. I'm from California, and I can pronounce Tulare. Uh, John Fuller in Colorado Springs, Colorado, 7777. Um, and uh, I was commenting on how great the newsletter was. Sir Rick in Arlington, Washington, 6996. Jennifer Strevig in Athens, Georgia. Uh, got a happy, sweet 16 Sonia birthday, $65 from her. Josh, John Hawley, not Josh, in Blaine, Minnesota. 
Uh, he's got a uh, $58 donation and a happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank for John, which is not on the list. No, it's happy belated to me. I, I turned 58. Oh, to John. you. Oh, yes. I'll be AC. Okay. Yes, you know, AC, right. your partner of 15 years. You know, that guy. AC, AC. Yeah. I always thought that would have been alternating current until yes. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dean Roker. No relation to 5510, Daniel Mariano in Pflugerville, Texas, 5510, Richard Futter in London, UK, 5510, Andrew Benz, Sir Andrew in Imperial, Missouri, 5005, and then we have $50 donors right right at the end here, uh, starting uh, name and location, we're starting with Nathan Cochran in Franklin, Tennessee, Stephen Schumach. In Xenia, Ohio, Kellen Prince in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, I wonder if the dog track is still there. Uh, <laughs> Greg Olskamp in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Kevin O'Brien in Chicago, Illinois. Scott Lavender in Montgomery, Texas. James Edmondson in South Plainfield, New Jersey. John Camp in Antlers, Oklahoma. Josh Adair, he's floating around at an APO box of $50. Alexander Verdejo in Gig Harbor, Washington. Leanne Shipley in Covington, Washington. And last but not least, Sir Jerry Wingenroth in Sagas, California. I want to thank these folks for making show 1487 a success. And everyone, thanks who came in under $50. That is typically for reasons of anonymity, but actually more typical is there's a lot of people who are on subscriptions. You can make up your own. We have a lot of uh, different ones you can select uh, to help on a sustaining basis. It really is important, particularly on show days like this one. It's a little lower. If you'd like to learn how, we have a website. Please sing it, kids. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Service Goat Karma for those who are in need. You've got <laughs> Karma. I, I wanted... And he does it again. Yep. Of course, because I wanted, to read a, I wanted to read a note that from one of the donors from the last week or the week before uh, who didn't have a note that we wanted, and it was Paul Helmick. And he wants to plug. He says, well, you know, I don't need to note that much. Even though I can't imagine how much mail I got from him. Uh, he just wanted to plug the uh, November 4th event of seedsofliteracy.org, Seeds of Literacy. And he wants to uh, promote, uh, he wants to honor Margot. Uh, his friend and hero, and her full name is, uh, it's got a million things here, Margot Hudson, will be honored at this event for 25th Annual Event Award. Uh, she'll find her stories. Wonder, anyway, seedsofliteracy.org, get involved, uh, take a look at that website, and you'll get most of it. I think that's, I think our obligation is finished with the plug of Margot. <laughs> okay. Everything is short today. Short list for all. Uh, we congratulate Travis Phelps. He celebrated on September 14th. Jacob Davis turned 39 on the 16th. Travis Phelps says happy birthday to Steve, who celebrated on the 17th. Jennifer Stravig, happy birthday to her daughter Sonia, turned 16 today. And Joe, he will be celebrating on the 20th. And Peggy, our flight attendant, Peggy Lydon, she is 57. Happy birthday, Peggy. And Christopher Berg says happy birthday to his smoking hot wife, Meryl. She'll be 34 on the 20th. Happy birthday from everybody here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah.
<laughs> no titles. We do have two knights. We got that instant knight, and actually two yeah, two men here. So we got a a manly manly it's blade. The man's blade. Man blade. All right, Radu. Man, I'm glad you're becoming a knight, so I don't have to remember that. Achiralowadai. And Greg Carlwood, gentlemen, sitting up here. You both are about to become knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Thanks to your uh, contribution of $1,000 or more, and I'm very proud to pronounce the as Sir George of the Southern Carpathians and Sir Greg Carlwood. For you, gentlemen, we have hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, grass-fed beef, and grass-filled blunts. Make it grass-fed, grass-finished, if you don't mind. Also, we've got some Rubenes Women and Rosé, Geishas and Sake, Vodka, Vanilla, Bong Hits and Bourbon, Sparkling Cider, and Escorts, Ginger Ale and Gerbils. we got uh, Breast Milk and Pablum, but no, no, you don't want that. You want your mutton and mead. we got it right here. And while you're enjoying that, please go to noagendanation.com slash rings. Send us all your info, like, you know, size of your finger. We have a way to do that on the website. And the address will get your official no agenda night ring out, which is a signet ring. So if you hit someone in the mouth, it will leave a mark, or you can just use the uh, included wax to seal your important correspondence as well as the certificate of authenticity. No agenda meetups. A party indeed. We have reports from two, uh, the D.C. meetup. Hi, Tim Gitmo, Fergus 33 here from the Washington, D.C. Pre-show amygdala shrinking meetup. Hey, it's Dame D.C. girl in the morning. Hey, John Adam in the morning. Bad kitty D.C. I identify as a cat. ITM, Cerulea Crystal Palace, eating pizza, preparing dossiers. Hey, this is Roundy. What a pleasure it is to participate in uh, Bad Kitty DC's very first meetup. New listener, new meetup maven. What a pleasure to be here with everybody. I knew I'd mess this up. Give us a phone. The fact that Roundy is there makes me feel a little bit better about the spooky uh, quality of that meetup, the DC, DC meetup. We got people who are cats. We keep people who are doing pizza parties while looking through intelligence. I have no idea what's going on there. It's not exactly like the pig roast meetup. What's shaking, Gitmo Nation? We're here at the pig roast with Dame Wen and friends and family. And we're having a marvelous time with this uh, extremely uh, fun group. This is Dame Wen of the Lakes. I'm waiting for the fireworks. Hey, Adam and John. It's Sir Stonks Trader having a great time at the third annual pig roast. Train's good, plane's bad. In the morning, this is Sarah, Dame in progress. Thank you for your courage. In the morning, discussing vax and having a good time at the pig roast. Uh, hi, it's Kylie. I like to say hello to everybody. This is Richard. In the morning. What would you like to say, sir, about the pig roast? I'm OTO. Can't even whistle Dixie. OTG, rather. OT phone. Oh. Hi, in the morning. This is Nate. Um, first timer. Thank first you for your time. courage. Are you a douchebag? Oh, definitely a douchebag. We'll see if you can change that. Change it real soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tighten it up, people. Thank you very much. Yeah, we do have uh, some meetups taking place today. They may even be uh, close to ending. Oh, I don't know. We've got the Crown Plaza West Minneapolis uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's the Crypticon behind the schemes meltdown. That started at noon central, so they may be winding down. Also, the Mighty Niagara River meetup started at 1.30 Eastern in Raymond uh, Klimek Veterans Park in North Tonawanda, New York. On Wednesday, the 21st, the Fort Wayne uh, Red Pillars Club 33 meetup at 6.33 Eastern at the What's Up Pub and Grub, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Look for the tall guy in the red t-shirt. 
We dive at dawn. And the 22nd, that'll be the next show day, Thursday, two hot Tucson meetup, 4 o'clock Tucson time, Canyon Crown, Tucson, Arizona. Uh, we go all the way through October with what I'm seeing here on the on the meetup schedule. Let me see if we have anything from outside the United States. We got uh, Toronto soon, of course, to be part of the Amero Zone. Um, Northwood, Dublin, Ireland on the first of October. Cancun, Mexico on the first of October. Victoria, BC on the third. Uh, Petersburg, lots of Ontario on the fourteenth. Um, and then, as I said, meetup scheduled all the way through uh, the end of October. But that means there's plenty more room for you to add to it if you don't find something on that calendar at noagendameetups.com. Start one yourself. They're always a party, guaranteed. No Agenda Meetups. Sometimes you want to go hang out with all the nights and days. You want to be where you won't be. Triggered or hell's blame. I have three ISOs. They've been collected by uh, by producers, so I don't even remember exactly what they are. So why don't I go first? Yeah. Because, you know, people trying to help me out while I'm doing some extracurricular mm-hmm. activity. Let's see. It's not binary. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have this one. God punched them in the mouth. <laughs> okay, what's this final one? These people are evil bastards. Ooh, I like that that's one. It's kind of okay. Well, I'm not, I'm, it's not horrible. What do you have? Well, I don't have much better. Uh, by the way, if you're going to get clips for us, uh, just doing us, we, we talk on the show for three hours. We don't need to be at the end either. At the end again. All right, let's go with uh, Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Man, we have a Bernie doing whoa. That's that's Biden. That's Biden? Yeah. Hold on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's Bernie. That's old Bernie Cliff. Very similar. I'm kind of... Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm kind of liking that. All right. Then we got overdue. It's long overdue. I'd say it's between whoa, 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 and which I think may be better. Um, let me see. These people are evil bastards. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I think it's whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, that's the way, the, the way to go. So we have a big, uh, I got, all I got at the end here is a j- I want the Japanese weather report out since it's only, I think I did get this clip from NPR, but nobody's covering what's going to happen, which is a nasty, nasty torn, uh, not a tornado, typhoon? Like a cyclone. A cyclone. A, oh, a typhoon. It's a typhoon. Authorities right. in Japan are warning of a powerful typhoon that's approaching the country's main islands. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports from Seoul that heavy rains are expected through the weekend. Japan's meteorological agency issued a level 5 emergency warning Saturday evening local time. That's the highest level of warning issued only in case of extremely dangerous weather. 
The agency says Typhoon Nanmadal is headed for southwest Japan's Kyushu Island and is expected to make landfall Sunday morning local time. It's packing winds up to 120 miles per hour, with gusts topping 170. Winds at those speeds can cause catastrophic damage. Meteorologists are expecting heavy rainfall of up to 20 inches and warn of high waves, flooding and landslides. Some trains and flights in Kyushu have been cancelled, and authorities have warned residents to avoid unnecessary travel. Now, those are good numbers, and but they, you know, but since it's in Japan, who cares? Uh, we care so, because we have Dame Astrid and Sir Mark in Japan. We care. Of course we do. We have guys in but Otaku. nobody cares in the mainstream media is what I'm saying. Mm. And so we have, listen to this report. Here's a report. Compare what you just heard to the Puerto Rico hurricane. Puerto Rico is under a hurricane warning as Tropical Storm Fiona nears the U.S. territory, threatening to dump up to 20 inches of rain. People are bracing for mudslides, severe flooding, and power outages. Fiona is located some 90 miles south-southeast of St. Croix, with maximum sustained winds of 60 miles an hour. Puerto Rico's Governor Pedro Pierluisi says the island is already feeling the effects of the storm and that the soil is already saturated. Fiona is expected to swipe past the Dominican Republic tomorrow as a potential hurricane. 60 miles an hour compared to 120 and 170 miles an hour, which sounds like a tornado speed. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you saying? It's going to be a mess. So what what you're saying is... Japan's going to get slammed. What you're saying is the mainstream media media is racist. They don't don't like Japanese people. Yeah, they're a bunch of... That's exactly what I'm saying. Just making sure we got it straight. Okay. Well, for more uh, outing of racists... We'll be back on... Uh, we'll be back That's on, us. We That's out, what we do. We out racists. Uh, coming up next on NoAgendaStream.com, Hog Story, five-minute limit. Oh, this is a new variation on the Hog Story format. Fletcher, Blaney, and special guest Net Ned will be doing it live, so the switchover should be seamless. And end of show mixes from uh, the one and only Rolando Gonzalez. Uh, and also a, a troll room, an ode to the troll room, and that is by uh, Vangeli and his daughter on the vocals. Coming to you from the uh, deep south in Georgia, Bluffton, Georgia. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I remain, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will see y'all again here on Thursday. No agenda time, no agenda station. Please remember us at Dvorak.org slash N-A. Until then, adios, mofos, and such. Don't worry.
certain circulation pattern. In Death Valley, the mercury hit 127 degrees Fahrenheit or 53 Celsius. It's the same disrespect of the natural world that has led to this climate crisis. What we're seeing here is, is a drastic change in climate, aren't we? <laughs> Our hopes and dreams drown in their empty words and promises. We have to take combustion engine vehicles off the road as rapidly as we can. We will transition off of fossil fuels, natural gas, coal. It's caused by a certain circulation pattern. <laughs> Educating everyone on the need to curb population growth seems a reasonable campaign to enact. So how? What, what are these steps? Vegans eat Oreos and they drink Coca-Cola. I don't. Stop driving around Moscow, it won't affect next summer one job. <laughs> Hope is not passive. Hope is not blah, blah, blah. When people aren't able to act together, when they're not participants in society, then they can't push back, they can't even think about the nature of the political reality that they live in. Mr. Chair, can I, can I respond to that, please? <laughs> we have opportunities now to transfer to clean energy in a way that grows thousands of jobs. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. New data shows President Biden's efforts to lower energy prices have reduced the nation's emergency oil reserves. There will be a transition. There will be a transition, and, and, and there will be some pain there. In the morning. Slash N-A. Whoa, 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 whoa.